When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everybody, welcome to a brand new MMA Roasted podcast. Uh, it's me, Todd Rex. What up? You're not Todd Rex. Uh, no, nah, I'm not Todd Rex, but Todd Rex is here. DJ Shrope is here. What up? Jake Ellenberger. Uh, hey, what's up? It's me, Jake. I'm getting some booty right now. I can't make it to the show. I'm uh, slaying some box. That was a great impression. Thank you. That was. <laughs> that was. You are. Yeah, you're like Rich me. Little over there. Um, <laughs> but but Jake is not be. He's gonna be. He's in Vegas right now promoting his fight with Robbie Lawler. Uh, not getting ass, but he is in Vegas right now, uh, and he's going to be missed because I, I love working with Jake. He's he's a great dude. Uh, what can we talk about? Well, yesterday Jake Shields got cut. Um, actually, let's talk about my week first. Uh, forget we got to know about us, right? We'll talk about we'll go. What, how was your week, Adam? What uh, happened with you? Well, uh, funny you ask, your ex. <laughs> but I actually uh, I, I'm working on a show that I'm like having to edit, so I've had to like. 20-hour days in front of to talk about like what the name is? I can't talk about it yet because it hasn't been announced yet in this, but I just know that I've... But it's called... But I've been doing nothing but sitting and logging and writing and, and, and cutting and editing, and it's just been... It's been a... Ugh, very stressful. Very stressful and very long and very arduous. But, you know, it is what it is. It's a, it's a good problem to have, as they say in the biz. Um, he who works like a slave eats like a king. Really? Is that what... Uh, no, I don't know. <laughs> I, I think I heard RZA say that from the Wu Tang Clan. He who works like a slave eats like a king. Yeah. What about the people that were slaves? They, they, like they just kings? get whips on their backs. Yeah, that's kind of a strange. Well, yeah, you're working like a slave, but you're eating like a king. Hmm. I don't know, man. I didn't make the saying up. I'm just. Oh, that's a that's very interesting Wu-Tang. saying. Thank you. Thank you for quoting RZA. He's up there with uh, Shakespeare. Confucius. So. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so but I had a show Saturday night at the John Lovitz Comedy Club, and Chael Sonnen came. That was awesome. Yeah, he's, he's never seen me perform before. I had to do comedy, and uh, he was sitting in it, laughing his ass off. Nice. And uh, him and his, his his beautiful wife, gorgeous wife, and it was her first comedy show. I popped her cherry. As uh, oh, I'm gonna tell him you said that. No, no, she said it. She okay. said she said it to me. <laughs> and I, and she, she meant like you popped my comedy cherry. Right, right, right. I didn't pop her her cherry. I, of course. This is going really bad, really quick. Yeah. No, this is I didn't. I was, <laughs> all right, listen. They they came to the show. <laughs> It was great having them there. Chael, Chael was laughing his ass off. And then Hanato came, the 27-time world champion, Hanato Laranja. Yeah, I don't know if you know, you know that guy. He does these, like, his character Hanato, where he's this like, fake Brazilian who, who goes around. He's a hilarious dude. Really right. funny guy. He's uh, a fake Brazilian? Well, yeah, he's not really Brazilian, but he plays like, like this Brazilian so character. So he's a racist? No, he plays this Brazilian character. It's like the Borat of brown face. Borat of MMA. <laughs> yes, brown yes. He, yeah. This is Ari Shafir we're talking about. What's going? What's going on right now? This is. <laughs> when did this become? No, he actually. I think he's. Uh, he's like half black, or, or he. He's, he's like T Rex. So he. Um, he, he. So he. Uh, does this thing. It's very funny. Hanada, you could check it out. So right. he came, and it was. A, it was a fun night, and that was. That was awesome. That was really awesome. I'm, I'm going to be at El Paso this week doing comedy. Uh, how was your week? It was good, man. Um, 
you know, just uh, my daughter had um, a basketball tournament, and th- this was the first weekend where I realized that I'm not going to be a good father when it comes to sports. Why? Because I was so riled up at this. I mean, the, the little stadium, or not stadium, but like little gym is packed full of parents, and, you know, there's a tournament going on with all these teams, and the gym's packed. And I, I was just, uh, I was just getting way too into it, and to the point where I was like cussing out one of the the coaches of the other team. No, you were really cussing him out. No, I wasn't cussing him out, but I was just calling him the, the p word. And how old your daughter? She's twelve. She's, she's, she's twelve, <laughs> you and you're in the sideline. I'm, I'm one of those. Yeah. Did you I, play basketball? No, but I'm like, I want my daughter to win. And when we travel all the way to like Ventura for, and I think the other team is cheating and stalling and stuff like that. And I'm like, you know, I'm like, they're being p u s s y's. Oh wow! You know, <laughs> but I was saying about the coach. I was like, he's a pussy. You were saying that at the at the game. Yeah, but I was mad, man. I was heated. You can't man. say he's a pussy at a twelve year old basketball game. I know. <laughs> that's why I said I'm. Not, that's why I realized were I'm not going to get a ref too, or oh, just I was, a I, was, coach. I was calling, calling, cussing the ref out like he wasn't calling some play, some some fouls. Twelve year old girls basketball. <laughs> what, what are you, Bobby Knight? And, and, and I was like, yeah, ref. Since you're just watching the game, you want me to get you some damn popcorn? Since you're just going to sit there and watch. Oh my god. And the, but yeah. people, yeah, and it's going to be even worse. I'm playing hockey. I've ref middle school basketball when I used to um, work at the Boys and Girls Club back in college. And was it brutal? I had parents like you yelling at me, and I turned around to a mom once and said, don't worry, your kid's not going to be Michael Jordan one day. No way. Oh, yeah. I did it. She looked at me like, he's going to be a big star. Like, uh, <laughs> I, I'm like, I'm watching this kid play. No, he's not. No way. You have a better chance. Oh, I talk smack back. That was like... That was like my one and done. Like I'm like I can't do this anymore. Like I ended up started a coach because I couldn't ref anymore. That's I'm like, funny. I can't do this. You got you got that's a fun, that's a funny show. It's like a yeah. sitcom right there. <laughs> yeah, you ever see that? There was a there was a really funny show. It was on that guy the guy who played the uh, the Dow of Steve. What's that guy's name? He's an actor. He was that he's in all the these guy that was an actor. Let me see. No, he, he no he, no he's an he's an actor. He was, Tom Cruise. He was he's in the Sons Didn't of Anarchy recently. He's been in like a, he was oh, Jimmy, got... Jimmy the Cab Driver on MTV back in the day. He's this very famous actor, character actor. But he had this this one TV show where he he's like the parent. He's a soccer parent, soccer coach, right? Okay. And, and like the the team loses. Ladybugs. That, no, the, the team loses every game, so he like fixes it so that like, like he, he like he, he's 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 refing and he fixes it so that the the, the uh, daughter wins. Yeah, he fixes it so the daughter wins, and then she be, they they become the biggest jerks ever. <laughs> so then he fixes it so that they lose. <laughs> like it's just a very funny episode. But I watched it with my dad when he was sick. He was in the hospital. My dad almost died. I mean, we watched that. We laughed our asses off. Then I ran into him and I, I thanked him. For oh, that. nice. Yeah, yeah. Denal Logue. Denal Logue. That's the guy's Logue. name. He's a good actor, a really good actor. So, anyway, uh, back to now. Let's get to cover some fighting. There's a lot of fighting stuff we can talk about. Um, UFC cut Jake Shields. It was it was a, a long and boring decision. Chopping block. But, but uh, <laughs> yeah, he, and uh, I think I don't think he should have been cut. Yeah, I had, what was the decision behind that? I mean, well, the fact that there was he's been on a four four fight win streak. And, no, he didn't get cut because he's on a win streak. Yeah, he, but I'm well, saying, what was the deal? I mean, well, no, I'm saying like, what, well, why, how could they cut someone on a four fight win streak? And I, funny, you should ask this question because he was getting 120. He got 120 thousand dollars for his last fight, which is high. Uh, and Dana said he's never going to be the guy. That's what he says. He's never going to be the guy. The, the he said the the division is full of animals and monsters and. And his stand-up hasn't really improved. But, you know, that being said, there are how many guys can you say that about in the UFC? There are, 
you know, everybody outside of the top 10, you could say they're never going to. I mean, there are guys that are going to be the guy one day, but it did seem kind of weird. It just seemed like they're kind of weeding out some of the guys who are less striking and more wrestling and this money thing. And I don't know. I think it was kind of a kind of a little bit. I'm not. You know, I'm, I'm not going to cry over it, and I'm not going to. But <laughs> if I was running the UFC, which thank God I'm not, because they would have already been unemployed by now, and I wouldn't have cut anybody, and I just would have been me at every event, and some chick I'm trying to bang. But <laughs> right. that being said, I wouldn't have cut Jake Shields. I wouldn't cut anybody in the top ten. If you're in the top ten, that means you're the top ten in the world. And if you want to have the top, why wouldn't you want to have the top ten fighters in the world in your weight in, in your weight division? It doesn't just kind of logic, but uh, I mean, it, I, I guess it comes down to who's gonna put eyes on that television if people are like excited to see Jake Shields fight. Um, is that what they're thinking? Like, you know, yeah, he's winning, but who's who cares? No, but who all who groaned when he was headlining a, a card? A lot of people, well, no one really a groaned, a lot of people did, a lot yeah, of people like, ah, but, the, but yeah, but so what? I mean, look, the guy, it's <laughs> about also doesn't look like a tough guy, it's right. about what, oh, yeah, and the guy's a vegan, but that doesn't mean he should get cut, you know, he's uh. He to me he not he should have not been cut. He's granted he's not the most exciting fighter in the world. But when but you're it, paying for that, that's hard, right? But that's he wins fights. Style. He's got he's got he's got a win a victory over Tyron Woodley. He's got a victory over Robbie Lawler in uh, Strike Force, both of them. He and and Dan Henderson, who's fighting, who's uh, supposedly one fight away from the t- a, a title shot if he beats um, Daniel Cormier. So yeah, uh, he's got victories. Over uh, Damian Maya, he he won that fight. Uh, he's got some very impressive victories, Jake Shields. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. He was on thin ice, though. Yeah, he was on thin ice. So uh, that's that. They're saying Tyron Woodley's going to fight Rory McDonald. Uh, that's going to be a good fight. I think Tyron Woodley's going to win this fight. Me too. Yeah, absolutely. I Woodley's exp- more. I think he's more explosive. More explosive. Well, I think McDonald might have the better stand up. Woodley probably hits harder, and I could see him dominating the takedowns. Yeah, shoot for the double leg, take him down, ground a pound, beat him up. Yeah. And I, I just think that whole that American top team it, with Lombard, Woodley, and Robbie Lawler, those three training together are— Jesus. It's—yeah, it's, uh, you know— Could you imagine walking into that gym and they say, all right, you got, you're going to do nine rounds, each, each one of these dudes. Can I, no, no, I cannot imagine that. That would be the worst thing ever. Oh I'd, my god! Starting off with Tyron, I'd be trying to tell him jokes. I'd be trying to start doing my act immediately, <laughs> hoping they would laugh and circling away. Right, either that or just start beating you harder. Yes. <laughs> what else can we talk about? Holly Holmes. Oh my god! So she looked great in her last fight. I could not stop looking at her butt. Really? The whole fight, I was just looking at her butt. <laughs> I couldn't help it. She had a great fight, but I was looking at her butt the whole time. I was not looking at her butt. I was. I, but <laughs> good for you. Nice. I thought you guys like bigger asses. Isn't that the... Not you guys. But, I, I, yeah, what's that supposed to be? Uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I thought you people. I thought that, the, you know, I thought black guys like big asses. I'm only it? half black. Oh, okay. So, so you're like one cheek big and one... <laughs> <laughs> I like my girls being nicknamed Biggie Smalls. That, nice. There you go. <laughs> All right, so Holly Holm, so she says that she was offered 15000 to fight, fifteen to win in the UFC, where she gets offered $250,000 to box. So uh, I would say go with boxing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if that's, that's the ca- if that's the case, well, I mean, the UFC is not going to offer her a quarter million dollars for her first fight. 
And I'd be surprised if they offered her anything more than 50. And yet, I don't think she, she even, I mean, if you look at her compared to other fighters, yes, granted, she's the number one women's boxer in the world, but that does not necessarily translate to how do we know she could defend an arm bar or a double leg takedown? I mean, James Tony couldn't. He, he, he was not the number one boxer, but you understand my drift. Yeah. Uh, that being said, it's still a shame because I think she would do very well against these girls. And I would love to see her versus Ronda. Yeah. Especially more than Carano, yeah. which w they're saying this week Carano's meeting with Dana White, and she said it should have go off the pod, or it's now or never, and she, she, you know, she's saying she doesn't know if she's gonna, you know, retire or not. I'm like, doesn't know you're retired. You haven't fought in five years. I think you'd be classified as retired. Yeah, coming out of retirement. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So Diego Sanchez said he'd never, he's never been hit hard, which means he's been hit way too hard. Uh, he also he beats Pettis nine out of ten times. Uh, Maybe in food poisoning. Uh, I, I like Diego Sanchez. I'm a fan, but I don't think he beats Anthony Pettis nine out of ten times. No. That's a, I think maybe he's trolling, or I don't know what exactly. <laughs> he's trolling. But I like Diego. I would watch him. I'd watch that fight ten out of ten, ten times. Out of ten out of ten I'd root for Diego ten out of ten times. Absolutely. I just don't know if he'd beat him nine out of ten times. And uh, Yeah, it's hard when guys come on our show because then when they say things like this, you don't want to rag on them or bash them like because I like them as people and I like them and I, but I have to give my honest opinion and which is sometimes isn't what people want to hear. What if you had all 500 fighters on the show at one point? You could never root against anybody. I you know. Do, you end up liking every guy. I would like them but I would still uh, you know have to give my you know opinion. Yeah. I mean that's it's Look, hard, though. It's hard once you meet these guys. Oh, yeah. Especially when they're really nice. And, and then somebody says to me, like, if there was 500 comedians and somebody told me who they think is the best or funniest comics and why, I would be annoyed, probably. I'd, I'd be like, that person doesn't know what he's talking about. Right. And I'm sure fighters probably say the same thing. However, you know, this is a podcast. I'm bringing promotions. I'm bringing audience. I'm trying to bring... There's already audience, but I'm bringing a different perspective. And... Who, you know, nobody wants to hear the PC, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, you know, right. let's not get anybody mad at you podcast. Kumbaya hour. I mean, how could I, the kumbaya <laughs> hour. I don't think the fighters want to hear that either, you know? Yeah. And if, I, and, if I, and if I'm a fighter and I hear that, like if I'm Diego and I hear that Adam said that I can't beat Anthony Pettis, I would say, well, you know what, I'll want to prove him wrong or, you know, that's his opinion. Yeah. That's, I'm sure there have been a lot worse things said about someone than they can't beat the number one fighter in the world. I would hope so, at least. That, you know. Yeah. At the same time, fighters are sensitive, and I'm sensitive towards their sensitivities, and I don't want to be a dick. I don't want to come across as a dick. That's not. That's never the intention of the podcast, or of my life. And God, you know. So, UFC Fight Night. This week in Abu Dhabi, in uh, Saudi Arabia. Uh, no, I, I, it's, in, it's in Abu Dhabi. I was in Saudi Arabia, by the way. Did you ever tell you that? Uh-uh. Yeah, I did a, a military show. Is this one of the gigs that I was supposed to go with you? Yes, the one, that you, they, the one that they didn't pick you because you got drunk and cursed at everybody. But yes, yeah, That so, was Japan. So anyway, this week <laughs> in Abu Dhabi, Roy Nelson is fighting Big Nog. It's Big Nog versus Big Mac. Um, <laughs> it should be, should be a good fight, though. Uh, I don't know who wins this fight. I, you know, I, I go back and forth. I mean, uh, somebody wrote that like uh, Nelson's gonna have to cover up because you can't show boobs in public. Oh my god, that is hilarious! Which I thought was pretty funny. <laughs> He's gonna have to wear a burka in the cage. Um, I don't know. You know, Roy Nelson. I feel like has been a victim of his own talent because he is extremely talented. Uh, sometimes you can tell he doesn't work on his cardio too much. <laughs> Uh, I heard he trains like in his kitchen. I heard he made his gym into a kitchen. Uh, <laughs> his kitchen into a gym. I heard he like doesn't, he is, is 
house is a gym, so he doesn't have to actually go. He goes downstairs and doesn't actually go anywhere to the gym. Um, oh my god! It's uh, you know he's lost his last two fights to uh, Steve Miocic, and then he lost to uh, who, who lost who lost before that? He lost someone. Not, not uh, what was the guy's name? Not for Doom. Was it for Doom? I might have been Verdum, but Verdum actually also beat Big Nog last. He lost to Cormier. He lost to Daniel Cormier. Oh, yeah, Cormier. Didn't yeah. take much then, damage in that then fight. Stipe. Yeah, and then Stipe. Yeah. Who do I think wins this fight? I think uh, Big Nog wins this fight. I think if Roy Nelson ca- can catch him in the first, but I think if it goes past one round, I got to give gonna it. Be winded. It's gonna it's gonna go to Big Nog. Yeah, I think he's more technically sound too, but. Roy's tough as nails. I mean, the toughest guy. But almost like how many, I mean, you look at the beatings he's taken Jesus. from Frank Mir, from uh, Verdum, from... Uh, you think this stays on its feet? Junior Dos Santos. Do, uh, do I think this fight stays on... Um, it seems like every fight Roy Nelson stays on their feet. I and mean, yeah. when was the last time Nelson did any grappling in a fight? You think Big Nog wants to stay on the feet? Except for Kimbo. Kimbo was the last time. Yeah. Do I think that Big Nog wants to... No. Yeah, he doesn't want he doesn't want to be with Roy on on the feet. No, because Roy can catch him. Exactly. I I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I think I think Roy takes it. I think he 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 dominates both places, and people are going to think I'm stupid, but I think that I I think this is Roy's coming back. Really? Yeah. I like Roy Nelson. Yeah. Uh, I'm a fan, and uh, I think he's entertaining as hell. He's a great personality. He's a yeah. great person to watch. I tell you, every time I've ever watched MMA with a girl, and I and I said that's the guy, <laughs> they've always smiled and said that that's their new favorite fighter. Right. He he has become like the the people's champion. Yeah. And I remember when I met Roy Nelson six years ago, I was like, "Who do you think is the best heavyweight in the world?" It's me. I mean, right. he's just he's got such bravado, and he's so confident in himself. Right. Yeah. And there's something very likable about him. Such a nice. He is. A, he is a nice guy. He's too. a funny dude too. Remember at the awards two years ago when he was busting my chops. Yeah, yeah, that. But then, like I told him, he had the most glorious mullet in all of MMA. And this door opened up, and right when the door opened up, this breeze came through, and he just started shaking his locks in the uh, wind. It was hilarious. It was like a commercial. We were dying laughing. He does a great impression of uh, Eastbound and Down, the, the guy from Eastbound and Down. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm serious. Kenny Powers. He does a great Kenny Powers, like a dead-on Kenny Powers. That's a dead funny. on Kenny Powers. You know, he used to be a substitute teacher, Roy yeah. Nelson. That's funny. That guy, just, anything with sub in it. Right. You know? <laughs> so, I mean, it's hard. I mean, look, I, I like Roy. He's got the best chins in MMA, so it's hard to not lose <laughs> Best <him>. chins. <laughs> so, Clay Guida, or is it Guida or Guida? Guida. Guida. Guida is taking on uh, Kawajiri. Uh, Guida has lost three out of his last four. Kawajiri has won six in a row. Damn. Uh, I am rooting for Clay. I met Clay at a at metal school to watch Steel Panther. He was there and in Hollywood, and the guy could not have been cooler. Yeah, one of the nicest human beings ever. Just a, a good person, a, a good egg, a, a good egg, as, as uh, they say. But uh, I don't know. I kind of feel like Clay's peaked against Pettis. It seemed like that was his like his best fight as that was of late. A swan song. His last couple fights, he's not. I mean, he, he got he got Mendez. You know, not uh, stopped him. Uh, he he looked horrible against Gray Maynard. Uh, he, I mean, he that was just a weird fight. That yeah, was the weirdest fight. Gray was so frustrated. I like Clay though, but it's uh, I don't know who wins this fight. Uh, what are you thinking, Kawajiri? Unfortunately, DJ. Uh, you know, I'm going back to Gu- Guida. I think he's going to turn it around too. Everybody's turning it around. Everybody's turning it around. Abu Dhabi is yeah, uh, Abu Dhabi is the place for turnarounds. 
I'm rooting for Clay. I'm rooting yeah. for Clay, but I don't think it's going to I'm happen. picking Clay. Screw that. I'm picking Clay. I don't I don't know why. I'm just I'm picking him cuz I There's like a him. Feel, I I don't know. I just have a feeling. Uh John Howard is taking on Ryan LaFleur. Ryan LaFleur is 10 and 0. He left Sarah Longo, went to the Black Zillions for this camp, which is interesting. John Howard yeah. is um John Howard's an interesting guy. You know, he was cut by the UFC and then he was I I actually saw him in Rhode Island. I I did a comedy show at the at the Catch a Rising Star Rhode Island, and there was MMA downstairs, like an MMA fight downstairs in, in, in this casino. And he was the headliner against like their local star, and John Howard won and beat the shit out of him. He's um, the one that broke the nose of the Boston Bomber. Yes, which sort of like put him back on the back. He broke the nose of the Boston Bomber. Oh, exactly. yeah. yeah. And he, uh, he looked great against Seer. I mean, that one thing, he picked Seer up and ran him around the, around the cage, which Seer Bahudazara is not an easy guy to do that to. The guy's a monster as well. Yeah. Who who wins this fight? Uh, man, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I am going to go with John Howard, Ryan Lafleur. I'm going with Ryan Lafleur. The, the Black Zillions are on a tear. They're they're doing good. Is he any relation to Rick Lafleur? Yes, Rick. La- yes, yes. And uh, Hulk LaHogan. Yes. Lamacho <laughs> 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 La Man La Savage. And uh, yes, exactly. And uh, so Ramsey Nijim, stripper Ramsey from the Ultimate Fighter. <laughs> He's taking on Benny, uh, Benny who came on our Benny show. Benny Darush. Benny Darush. He's in. A, he's on the main card now. Nice. Guys, uh, I'm, I'm. I'm. I like both these guys, but I'm going for Benny because he came on our show. So, uh, Benny. now let's talk about uh, Ronda Rousey left her manager. It's all, <laughs> and uh, I know that it's been this underground has blown up with this thread over like fifty thousand. People have already commented, not people, but views. A lot of people, I know her manager said that he was with her back in the day and when she was living in her in her car and working at 24-Hour Fitness, he supported her and now she's left him. Did, did she cite any reason for leaving? Like what was, the, what was her reason for leaving or firing him? It hasn't been open. That has not been open. Lazy the Savage chimed into the message board saying, you don't know what happens behind closed doors. And then somebody posted a, a check that this guy made to pay for Lazy for two thousand dollars, like lent Lazy two grand back in the day when he needed money. And it's this whole thing going back and Darren forth. Darren Harvey, meaning Darren, Darren Harvey. Harvey wrote a wrote a check for to, Lazy. To, to, to Lazy, yeah. I don't I don't know. I I like Lazy. I, I got Lazy's got my back. I got Lazy's back on this. You don't know what happens. You don't know what the deal is. I don't know what the deal is. It's just a unfortunate situation. But it's show business. But uh, I know that you. You've, you've dealt with them. Do we want to talk about this at all? Or? Not really. Okay, all right, next. <laughs> so we got a great bunch of guests today. We have uh, former UFC and WEC champion Ben Henderson is on the show. Uh, we have former Bellator champion, now undefeated in the UFC, Zach Bukowski is here. <laughs> and finally, we have former Bellator champion who's fighting against Eddie Alvarez for the title, Mike Chandler. This is going to be a good show. I can't wait to talk to these guys. All right. So we have Zach Makovsky, who was in the Elite XC. He was a former Bellator champion, now in the UFC. Fun size. They call him Fun Size. He's on the podcast. I'm stoked about this. How are you, man? Very good. Thanks for having me. Oh, are you kidding me? By the way, Fun Size also describes T-Rex's penis. So um, <laughs> that's, what the, that's what the girls say. Yeah, just so you know. It's not small. It's Fun Size. <laughs> so, uh, that's what they say. Exactly. So uh, con- congrats on the uh, 
on the uh, two-fight winning streak in the UFC on the biggest stage, man. You must be pumped. That's dope. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, of course, it's where I wanted to be and be 2-0 and and climbing the ranks, trying to get, uh, you know, towards a title shot. So, dream come true. Now, what are you right now at uh, 125? I think it depends. Uh, the UFC and their rankings have me at 10th. The Share Dog has me at 6th. So, it kind of depends, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I, know, I don't know what actually, which ones actually matter according to the matchmakers or anything. But well, I think you're going to win the heavyweight bib. I do. I think. That, uh... <laughs> I think. I think. Uh, I think. Uh, uh, Roy Nelson has more stuff caught in his beard than this dude weighs. <laughs> now, did, did, now has has Herb Dean ever said, "Don't grab the crib"? By uh, any chance? <laughs> don't grab. Don't grab the crib. Yeah, don't grab the crib. <laughs> now, now you, now you are, you're a badass fighter, man. You've come a long way. I was, I was doing some research on you. Uh, you, um, you wrestled in high school. You, now you, you made the states, correct? No, I, I never qualified for states in high school. Never qualified for for states in Pennsylvania, which is a really hard state. Uh, but then you went to Drexel and you and you walked on to Drexel, which people don't know. Walking on means you were not recruited. You actually just you just tried out for the team. By the time you were a senior, you're the team captain, uh, which is pretty amazing, man. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, like you said, I think the district I wrestled in high school was one of the best districts in the country for high school wrestling. Uh, but, you know, I, I really didn't do that great. I didn't take it that seriously at that point. And then, you know, went to Drexel, walked on, and, and really saw, like, a different level of, of training and, and commitment. So I, I kind of like decided if I wanted to keep wrestling, I really got to put everything I have into it. And uh, that's when I really started to take it serious. And then I kind of, I, I like to say I learned how to wrestle in college. So you, uh, Did you grow up in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania? Yes. Oh, is it a, that's a kind of like a real tough blue collar spot, right? Uh, I mean, it's just nice suburbs, but it's definitely a hotbed for wrestling. Uh, everybody there's kind of wrestling crazy. So yeah, Pennsylvania is like I think the best state in wrestling. I think uh, I think Pennsylvania, more than Iowa. I think it's. I would say Pennsylvania is the best in the country, right? <laughs> I think. Him, I yeah. think like if you look at like Division One wrestling nationals, uh, Pennsylvania always has the most uh, people that qualify for like collegiate nationals. So. If you look at it that way, then Pennsylvania is, yeah, the best yeah, Pennsylvania, high school wrestling state. Pennsylvania is no joke. I, uh, I remember I wrestled in uh, Lehigh. I, 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 I went to prep school, and uh, I went to Lehigh Nationals. Lehigh and, and I always got the crap beaten out of me. I was always, like, the top seed in my, my you know, New England, whatever. And I went to Nationals. It was just, it was just beat down city. It was... Uh, <laughs> There, there was there were some good kids there. Now, uh, now when when you went to Lehigh, I know they have like a, a, a co op thing where you could have like a job. When you went to Drexel, you could have like a job, yeah, right? You get credits for having a job or something. Yeah, so they do. It's like most of the programs there are five. It's like a five year school, and like your freshman and senior year, you just go to school for three terms instead of like two semesters. There's three terms, and then the middle three years you go for two ten week terms, and then you go two ten week terms where you work in a co-op or, like, a paid internship. Do you kind of get a feel for, like, you know, if you're, like, in the right field, if this is what you want to do? And, uh, you know, it's also good, like, you, ha you when you graduate from college, you kind of have a resume already. So it, it really helps. And you, you were, know. and you were a uh, bio major? Yeah, yeah, I major in biology. So, that's, so you wanted to be a doctor? Is that, was that what you were thinking? You know, I really, I really didn't know what I wanted to be. I, I originally went to Drexel for engineering, but then... With wrestling and with the like, the uh, the amount of schoolwork I had to do, I really couldn't cut it. And I didn't know if I wanted to be an engineer anyway. And then I knew I wanted to kind of 
probably get involved in athletics, and they didn't have like exercise science or kinesiology, so I just took like general bio, and whenever I could take a focus, I did like you know exercise physiology, human physiology, nutritional courses and stuff like that so very bright kid you know it's, it's always funny like you're a smart guy it's always funny when you're like you know you, people think mma is a bunch of like hooligans still you know <laughs> right meatheads meatheads and, and there are a, a good number of those <laughs> in the ufc or in mma but then you have kids that were bio majors and and, and doc you know it could have been doctors could have been lawyers guys like kenny florian or or like you guys they need to they, they got to get you on a bigger they got to hype you more man you only have a couple thousand followers on twitter i know people can't see you that well but i'm telling you man you uh <laughs> they got to get you to a bigger stage cuz you're a very sweet uh you know respectable nice smart kid and i think i think the ufc should do a better job with with fun size i do what do, well, I why don't we take it. that was that was well said we should we should take that. you on as a project. Yeah, well, yeah, we're gonna take you on as a project. Now, did you get a now uh, now back to the uh, the really important things at at, uh, at uh, Drexel? Did you get a lot? Did you score a lot of chicks? Or what was it yeah, like? Let's get to the meat of the questions. <laughs> uh, you know what? Not, not not a ton. You know, I'm I'm pretty much like uh, I like I prefer being in a relationship and had a couple of relationships in college, but uh, nothing that was super serious. But I didn't go crazy either. So what about, I what guess a, like I fell in the middle. What about now? Around. What about what? Are you are you are you married now? You have a girlfriend? You what's what's the deal? Uh, I have a girlfriend. We've been together for like almost seven years now, so it's pretty serious. What are you waiting for? I, I was about to ask that same question. That's what she asks. <laughs> I, I always tell her. Uh, my father dated my mother for eleven years before they got married, so I got to beat his record. Yeah. Oh come on! That is the best <laughs> shittiest excuse I've ever heard in my entire life. I did it for nine. <laughs> For, yeah, but you're black. I mean, so that's. Uh, yeah, I had to make sure she was the one after like a bunch of kids. Yeah, you. I mean, yeah, T Rex. How, how many kids did you have before you got married? Uh, before I got married, I had two. You had two. Yeah. With the, with the same girl. Yes. Okay, that's good. Yeah. I mean, now, now, Zach, are you getting a lot of groupies since you signed with the UFC? Uh, not that I'm aware of. No. No. Now, how? I know. I know that. Uh, I know that Team Alpha Male like specializes in like little badasses. And uh, have you thought about maybe going over there? Um, I, I would like to go to train there. I actually was talking with uh, Joseph, Joseph Benavides when I was still in Bellator about coming out there to train. I'm actually I went to high school with his girlfriend Megan Olivi. Oh wow! She was like she was like best friends with my sister in high school. She's, so she's a little kind of crazy how how that worked out. So like I, I got in contact with with uh, Benavides through her, and then I don't know, it just kind of never never came together. But that, it would definitely be a good place to go train. I, I really. I like all those guys. I like the way they fight. So, what was it like training over at uh, TriStar in Canada? Yeah, I really like TriStar. Um, it's uh, my favorite my favorite place I've been at. I mean, they just put like such an emphasis on like technical development and learning. It's like you know a lot of the other places have more emphasis on like live training and sparring and like I really feel like you can like learn and, and develop. A lot at TriStar. They do more more drilling and learning than, than any place I've been. So did you get to uh, work? Oh, sorry. Did you get yeah, to work with Faraz Zahabi at all on like a one on one basis, or it was like a class, like classes? Yeah, I did some of his classes. He he rolled with me and, and beat the crap out of me. And uh, really, he's yeah yeah he's 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 a black belt. I think under under Danaher, John Danaher. So uh, he's he's very good in everything. That's so funny. Really good. They like play it down though a lot. You know, like Faraz, you always hear him speaking, but you never see him actually rolling. Right. Um, I, I saw him roll a lot. He's, he's very good. Did you roll with uh, GSP at all? 
I didn't roll with GSP, but I got to spar him a little bit uh, when I was there in June, I think. How was that? It was good. Uh, it was kind of like, it was a slow, I went up there for a week, and it was kind of slow uh, at the gym. It was the slowest I've ever seen it. And uh, so I think that's why I got to kind of spar with George. And plus, I'm southpaw, and he was getting ready for Hendricks. So uh, it, it was great. I mean, we, we sparred two rounds. Um, I think he was... Uh, I'll say mildly impressed, and uh, <laughs> I, got, I, got, I, got, I got to ask him some questions afterwards, and we got to drill together. We drilled some stuff together. I showed him uh, a setup that I like for taking down people of opposite stance, and he really liked it. He made me drill it with him for 40 minutes straight. So No way. It's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. But that's pre- I mean, like, now you're 125, GSP's 170, and you guys are sparring together. Is he going all out? or? or? No, of course not. <laughs> uh <laughs> He he actually yelled at me and told me I should hit him harder because I didn't want to be like it was the first time I ever trained with him. I didn't want to like go in and try to swing all hard at him. Just but he told me I should hit him harder. Um, but no, he wasn't trying to hit me harder or anything. But I'll tell you what, the impact from when he shoots is like the fastest I've, I've, I've ever I've ever felt. It's it, I understand why people can't stop his takedowns because he's very good at timing it and and he has like such speed and impact when he grabs you. It's like. There's no chance to defend it. That's what Mayhem told me. Mayhem, because I asked Mayhem about fighting GSP. He said his timing is unbelievable. It's just he's he's got that. I mean, obviously, his it's it's it is amazing that he never wrestled in high school or college, and that that double leg is a thing of beauty. It's uh one of those things that I'm like, holy shit! You have your double leg's pretty amazing too, though. By the way, uh, I, I, I was watching your highlight film last night, and uh, there was some doubles that, where you transitioned to side guard from a double. That it's unbel- I mean, it's so quick and powerful. I'm like, holy shit! Now, now you fought uh, Scott Jorgensen on ten days' notice. So you were you, your guy. You you got cut from Bellator uh, after fighting after losing twice. Now the first time, um, I'm, I'm a little all over the place. But the first time you lost, you got choked out. Now what was that like when after you got choked out? Because I thank God I never been choked out. But I I don't know. I have no idea what it feels like to be choked out. Now do you when you when, when when you get up? Do you not know where you are? Yeah, it's a little crazy. I have a, a, a story about this. So yeah, Dante uh, choked me unconscious with the arm triangle, and uh, I fought in the, that arena before the Boardwalk Hall in Atlantic City. And I always get in the cage before the fights and kind of just try to get as comfortable as possible. And um, so I wake up on the canvas, and it really is for me. It's like I see things before I hear anything. It's like silence, and then like the sound kicks in. But I'm laying on my back and I'm looking at the ceiling, and there's like a big mural on the ceiling. And this is honestly what I'm thinking. I'm I'm looking at it. I'm like, man, I've seen this mural before. I don't know where where I've seen this before. And then like the doctor pokes her head like over over you into your view, and like then like the sound hits and you hear like all screaming and everything. And then I'm like, oh crap, I just said it. Out. <laughs> wow. Now, after that, are you just that was uh yeah, you were the champion and you got choked mm-hmm. out in Bellator. Are you depressed? How do you how do you deal with a loss? Cuz I I've, some people tell me on the show, "Oh, you know, I, I just move forward, I get over it." Other people tell me that they can't leave the house for like a month and they're embarrassed and they feel like they let their fans down. What what happens to you after you lose that fight? I mean, I think it's it's a little bit of both. I mean, of course, you have to accept it and move on, but I mean, it's obviously a very disappointing thing, you know, especially uh, losing a title fight like that, and it was like, you know, close to my hometown, so 
it, it was pretty devastating. I was upset, but, you know, I also knew, I, I feel like out of the four losses I've had, uh, two of them, when I fought, I felt like two of the fighters were actually better than me at that point in our careers. And then two of the fighters, I felt like I made mistakes and I was the, the cause that I lost the fight. So I felt like the ones who I feel like those guys were more skilled than me at that point, they were kind of easier to accept right. than the other ones. Which two, which but, two are I those? Mean, which two what? Which two were better than you? Uh, I, th- I think Wilson Hayes and uh, Eduardo Dantas. Yeah, Wilson races, and that's a tough fight for a guy who has his third fight. It seems like jujitsu. The only times you've ever lost were against guys who uh, uh, submitted you, correct? Uh, yeah, well, I lost to Anthony Leone in a split decision my last fight belt. But other than that, they were all submissions. Yeah, that was a bo- and, uh, and that was a very controversial loss. And I don't, I don't think that you should have. I don't know why you got cut. You, you, you had won five fights in a row, lost six. two or six fights. Sorry, six. Lost two. Now, when you got cut, were you just devastated or pissed or what? I, I was I was surprised because, um, like you said, I was I was a champion. I lost the belt, and then I lost a close split decision to a guy who they just had fight for their title. And uh, I mean, uh, even after the fight, you know, uh, you know, Bjorn came back in the locker room and was like, you know, surprised that that uh, that I lost the fight, but you know, don't worry, we'll get through it, all that stuff. So. And then two weeks later, uh, right before Christmas, I got I got released, and I was like, ah, crap. But you know what? Overall, I think I, I, it was kind of the result I wanted because at that point, if you're in, if you're in Bellator and you're not involved in a tournament, you're fighting like like not often at all. You know, I had I had one fight with Dantes in April, and I had to like really beg them to get that fight in December, and uh, they were gonna just wait till like the next season. So I wouldn't I would only fight once that year, and I fought once I lost, so I didn't make my win bonus. So I really needed some money. So it's like. <laughs> They just don't, because they do so many tournaments, they don't have room to put all the guys that are on the roster in to get them, like, consistent fights. It's very, and it's very so strange. It's kind of, they'll have, like, a tournament, and then they'll have, like, Rampage versus Tito, and then they'll throw this guy, and then a guy will make the semifinals who, who was in the UFC the week before. It's a very strange system they got going over there. Yeah, it's kind of chaotic, I think. And, uh, you know, I, I, was, I wasn't in the tournament, so I just wasn't fighting often, so... And I needed to to make more money, so now you know, I, I looked at it as a good thing right away. It was like this: it sucks to get fired, but you know I think it's going to be a good thing in the long run, and it, and it obviously was. Oh, now I mean, you, there must be some kind of uh, you know, it's like when that some take that, yeah, hell yeah. I mean, now you you won two fights in the UFC. You beat Scott Jorgensen on ten days' notice, which is that's a ridiculous feat in itself. Just to beat Scott Jorgensen is a ridiculous. Yeah, feat. and on ten days' notice, ten days notice, and then right. after and then afterwards, you had Ben Askren tweeting, "See, a Bellator champ uh, wins in the UFC on ten days' notice." That that must have felt pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I, I had a uh, my uh, coach in Philadelphia, Will Martinez, just is in the Bellator featherweight tournament. And I, so I went and cornered him uh, twice in the last, like, a uh, month and a half. And uh, all, all the guys from Bellator are like, oh, like, oh, you're doing so great. Like, we're so happy for you. Like, they say, like, uh, they're like, oh, I love watching our guys beat their guys. I'm like, you fired me. I am not your guy. Like, I, like, I fall in Bellator. I had a good experience in Bellator. But I'm not your guy going over there fighting their guys. Like, there's, there's none of that. That dude, get get used to that, man. Everything you do in life, somebody else wants to take credit for. 
it's, yeah, exactly. it's, you just have to kind of do it. Now we uh, we do have a a question from the underground. Uh, from okay, here we go. Uh, from the World Series of Fighting is great. That's the, that's the name of the guy. Uh, he says, <laughs> ask Zach the difference between Bellator and UFC when it comes to hotel and traveling arrangements. Um, well, the UFC is uh, I'd say like a step above above Bellator and pretty much everything. Um, the hotels are nicer. The per diem's nicer. They're like super organized. Like um, any everything you need, you don't have to do anything. They they take care of everything for you. Like you know exactly when people are going to come take you. They'll take you to Whole Foods. They run like shuttles all the time and and to the sauna anytime you want to go. It's a uh, just much. It's a much w- more well oiled machine. You know what I mean? Yeah. They uh. It's really just a, a step above Bellator in in every aspect. That's great, man. You, you better keep winning. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'm gonna try. Who do you want to fight next? Oh, I don't care. I mean, um, I would like to fight somebody who's who's ranked in the top ten and, and try to keep climbing climbing the rankings. You know, I, I know a lot of the guys have fights already, so I don't know. Whoever. As, I, yeah, what I mean, how do you see yourself against the guys like Demetrius Johnson and John Dotson and Uncle Creepy, Uncle Creepy, and some of these other guys? Yeah, uh, you know what? I, I really think if I fight at my best, um, I don't think I don't think many people can beat me. If I go in there and fight my best, maybe the only person who who still could beat me, I think, is Demetrius. If I, I could go in there and fight my best, and there's he could maybe still beat me. But if I find my best, I think I can beat everyone else. Well, that's very that's honest. Right. I, think, I think I can beat Demetrius, too. But Yes. Uh, yeah, that's, we like that. that's what we wanted to hear you say. We want to hear you say that, yes. You're going you're gonna to pound them, man. You're going you're gonna to take them down. It's going to be a you know, four-second knockout. That's what we want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> now, are you, now you, you, uh, you won $24,000, or you, you, you earned $24,000 after your last fight. Are you able to support yourself now? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the last year, after I got released from Bellator, I was, I was struggling a little bit, you know, fighting in, like, some smaller local shows and uh, not really making huge purses. But I had some, some good sponsors that stuck with me and give me, like, uh, some some money every month. So they were supporting me. But now, yeah, I'm saving money, and, and uh, it's going well. Is, is it hard for your uh, girlfriend to watch your fights? Um. I mean, she's she obviously gets nervous, but she gets really excited too. So, um, I think she's more excited than nervous, but it's definitely a, a mix of both. Are you like my mom? My mom really freaks out. She gets like stomach ulcers the week of the fight and stuff. And yeah, I can only stuff. imagine. Now, uh, is, is, your, is your? I mean, are you uh, when when you're, when you're cutting weight? Are you one of these guys who are really grumpy? And you're like, oh, don't talk to me, or because it's got to be because I know you were at, at 135 for a while. So to cut to what? I mean, how how much do? What do you walk around at? I walk around under 145, really. Um, you know, like 143, 144, typically. So 135 is like a joke to make. You know, I can make it like pretty much at the drop of a dime on one day notice if I needed to. But at 25, I have to be a little more strict and diet for. Yeah, I usually diet for like three weeks, and then. Uh, do a water cut, but you know what? I'm actually. Everybody tells me I'm I'm very similar. Like uh, I don't get too grumpy. I'm I'm pretty much the same person. The only thing that happens is I get like ultra protective of food. Like I go out and buy food. Like for like okay, I'm gonna eat this then, and like 
if anybody comes near my food or like picks it up, I like freak out. <laughs> so I get like really protective of my food, but other than that, I think I'm all right. <laughs> wow, you really are a Keebler elf. That's that's pretty amazing. <laughs> By the way, thanks for being a good sport when I make fun of you, man. I, uh, I, I happen to be, I'm a, I'm a big fan. I was a big fan of yours since Bellator. I'm a fan of, I'm a fan of most of the wrestlers, uh, almost all the wrestlers. I feel like I, but I, I, I always knew that you, I was like, man, this guy's, I always knew you were going to be great, man. It was just only a matter of time. But uh, I really appreciate it. I'm, 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 I'm very happy for you, man. It's, it's, it's great to see you. It's great. You got balls of steel, man. Taking a fight on 10 days notice to go to the UFC is, uh, that is no joke. Now, I know one of, the, one of your uh, teachers is Marcelo Garcia, who I don't know if you know T-Rex. Marcelo is one the of the... surfer guy that was in here? No, no, oh, no that's Sonny Garcia. That's Sonny Garcia. Marcelo is, <laughs> is one of the best jiu-jitsu practitioners in the world. There's a video of him tapping Ben Askren, I would say, 30 times in two minutes. It, it was Askren's very. It was very new to jujitsu. You could tell. I don't even know why he let anybody film this, but uh, <laughs> it was super impressive. How much are you training with him? Uh, yeah. They, well, they film everything. Like every time Marcelo rolls, they film it. Marcelo has like his online academy, MG in Action, and they they film every class. And you can be like online and watch all the classes and watch every time he rolls. You know, there's a bunch of rolls. That with, that I have with them that are on his his website, but no one's like transferred them to YouTube or anything. But uh, I try to go up to New York. Uh, I try to make it up one day every week. I usually I don't make it every week, but most weeks I get up there, um, and I either you know train there twice a week, or I do one uh, train there two two sessions that day, or do one session with him and one with Phil Nurse, uh, and then come back to Philly. But uh, yeah, I mean I I think he's he's the best in the world. Maybe the best of all time at jiu-jitsu, especially sport jiu-jitsu, and uh, and it's an honor to train with him. And uh, he really is incredible. Have you ever have you ever tapped him? <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> he's, he's tapped me four four times in one roll before, and he goes very light with me. He doesn't like like the last time we rolled was like two weeks ago, and uh, he's pretty much letting me work and just like getting out of stuff and being defensive and like you know, let me work things, like, 15 seconds left, he sweeps me, passes my guard, takes my back, and is choking me as the bell, co- as the bell uh, goes off. 15 seconds, he, he can do whatever he wants. Now, doesn't um, Sarah McMahon train with him also? Yeah, she comes up, when she comes up from South Carolina, she goes up there and uh, trains with him too, so uh, I, think, I, think, I think he's going to be getting more more MMA guys going to him. I know Hendricks has been up there a couple of times, Jake Shields, you know, a bunch of guys have gone up to train with him. Yeah, he really is one of the best in the world. This and guy's like 150 I pounds. <laughs> 150 pounds. Looks like he's never lifted a weight in his life. And the guy is insane. I've never seen anything like Salt him before. Technique. Yeah, it's like, he, I mean, prodigy times times 20. Have you ever tapped him? He's let me tap him once. And I was disappointed. I was like, I don't want to tap you. Let's do it. <laughs> how do you I don't know even he, want to do it. How do you know I'm he like, let you? How do you, how, 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 do, how do you know you didn't actually tap him? Uh, because he he could do whatever he wants with pretty much anyone in that gym. But uh, I, you, can, you can just feel how light he's going and like letting you move and work and just... He wants you to learn as you roll. So if you're doing things well, he's going to like let you continue and not just throw you off of him like he really could. He's, he's, he's a gorilla that's incredible at jiu-jitsu. Yeah, it's very, it's, it's impressive. Cool. It's, it's, it is cool. I mean, I, I'm getting a, 
it was crazy. I couldn't believe it. Because, you know, Ben Askren, I, I hold him the highest regards. And, you know, to, and like to watch this guy get, like, tapped 30 times. And, like, it looked like, it looked like me if I went up against him, you so, know? So you're saying, like, a, a, a pretty accomplished wrestler has nothing against can can do nothing well against it's a different it's a, di- it's a different sport you know right. if it was in wrestling i would say askren beats marcelo all day long you know but in jiu-jitsu marcelo wins you know right so uh right yeah it's not jiu-jitsu is not even close <laughs> uh wrestling of course askren would beat him but i don't think marcelo even really knows the rules of wrestling so yeah he'd probably go for like a anaconda within within three <laughs> seconds right. you know well, uh, hey, I, man. I've, I've seen him take down some good wrestlers. Uh, he does have good takedowns, but I don't know. Yeah. So, all right. So, seven years. You got your girlfriend. Now, uh, after you win, like, because I, I, everybody wants to know, like, what girls are like after their fighters win. Is she just like, is it, is, it, is it like B Job, BJ City? Is it just, you know? <laughs> BJ City. BJ Penn, <laughs> is, is it like, hey, you uh, won, you're the champ? I, I think I think it definitely is a uh, positive for our sex life. I mean, uh, yeah, she. I mean, she's she's always she's always pretty down. Whatever. Whatever so you want. So yeah, she so much. so she's like, hey, fun size, whip it up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know she definitely doesn't do that after he cuts weight. I know that for a fact. Why? I was talking to Steve Carl last week, and he was like, "Yeah, man, I got to strip down to my, you know, he was cutting weight. He cut a bunch of weight, and he looked terrible." And I said, uh, "He said I got to, I got to take off my shorts and, and go in the little speedo thing." And I said, like, "You got to rock the banana hammock." He's like, "Dude, after cutting weight, there is no banana. It's gone." Really? Yeah. Fun size. Is that true? Yeah, it's true. Weight, weight, weight cutting's like shrinkage. <laughs> <laughs> Total shrinkage. He said. He said he's thought about actually putting socks down there, so he's not embarrassed. Wow, <laughs> that is funny. So, but but after, after but after you win, you wait. You said your girlfriend's down for anything after you win, anything you want. Uh, I don't know about anything, but probably most things. Most things. I'm, the dude, rear, the naked, the choking. Dude, marry this chick, bro. Seriously, put a ring on it, man. You got you got a good girl right here. Yeah. No, I know it. I'm not. I'm not trying to delay it. I'm just trying to make sure we're we're both we're both ready. Yes. Well, wait seven more years. Um, Put the screws <laughs> to him. Make him get off get off the toilet or 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 drop the deuce. If you're listening, make yeah. him do it. Yes. yes. <laughs> that was so romantic, man. Drop the deuce. I'm sure. <laughs> something, I can't say shit or get off the That's something every girl wants to hear. Is, is, did your boyfriend drop the deuce on you? <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> anyway, Zach, man, keep up the good work. We'd love to have you back on. Uh, you're, 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 you know, you're like a real Rudy, man. You're a guy who walked on to your college wrestling team, became the captain, and now you're one of the top ten fighters in the world. You got a lot to be proud of, man. Good work. Thank you. I appreciate it. Congratulations, man. Keep it up, buddy. All right, we'll do. Take care. All right, thanks, guys. Later. Thank you. All right, that was. Uh, Zach Markovsky, he's an, what a nice kid, you know. Just a, he I, is a nice kid. He's he's thirty one. He's not really a kid. I mean, he's, he's, he's a, kid size. He's a he's a he's a man. He's a grown man who could beat the shit out of me. But but uh, it's something Probably very. Both of us at the same time. Uh, yeah, pretty much all three of us. But something very earnest about that kid, you know. Something very honestly, like I I've said this before, there has not been a fighter who has come on our show that was, who, a, that was an who, asshole who I, I have not liked better. Right after who uh, before the interview, I liked I've liked them all better after the interviews. Right, not one of them, 
even even Misha Tate, who was telling me, you can't talk about this, can't talk about that, don't ask me about Caraway. But before, she was the only one that had restrictions on the interview. <laughs> I still liked her better. Right. You know, and I'm, I'm, I'm uh, uh, you know, I can't tell you how many people tweet us telling us, hey, man, someone last week was like, I thought Cub Swanson was a... Uh, oh, yeah. Was uh, a, a, you got a fan for life now? You got a fan for life. I thought he was going to be a, a, a stereotypical something. I yeah. don't even know what... Tatted it, up dude. Like, yeah, some kind of thug. And, and Cub was like, stereotypical what? And then and then he was like saying he was a big fan. There are, I can't... Hector Lombard. Right. He's got so many more fans because so of So many people. Like, dude, people that is the funniest and, human being right. I've ever... <laughs> They're like, when's Hector? They go, Hector! <laughs> So uh, when you coming back on the show, my friend? And I and honestly, and I and I like doing that. I really enjoy yeah. the fact that we, you know, we get to know these people in a different way. Then you know, I, I know that there are plenty of MMA podcasts out there, and there are some really good ones, really good ones out there. But there can only be one, one number one. No, no, there are some great <laughs> podcasts, and you know, uh, Damon Martin's got a good podcast, and uh, Gareth Davies has a good podcast, and a lot of these guys have really good podcasts. You know, Ariel's got a good show. But they're asking questions. A lot of them are kind of similar type questions about, you know, training and this. And we, we're, we want to get into that, too. But I actually want to know about these people. I want to know if his girlfriend hooks him up with BJ's after his fights. There's right. stuff like that I would actually kind of want to know. I want to know about their training, too, and training rolling with Marcelo and all that stuff. But I also want to know who these people are as people. And uh, hopefully we're providing that. You know, and, and I know I know people, you know, people say, Adam, you say um too much. Uh, you know, you're always going to get people that... Someone's going to complain about something everything, all the time. You know, but at the same time, you know, we're doing the best we possibly can. And uh, hopefully, you know, DJ is getting us videos and we're going to do live. <laughs> we're going to do, we're going to have live and... No one wants to see your face. Thank they you. Really don't. A, they really don't. They don't want to see those, those nervous, those nervous ticks that you give me, those looks you give me. Oh, we yeah. No one wants to see that. Thank you, DJ. No, well, maybe they do. <laughs> Always a, I have such a great support system here, man. Honestly, I'm just I'm just surrounded by positive human beings. It's, a, it's like it's 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 like it's like herding cats sometimes, but I love it. Every day, yeah. you know, I do. Really every day, is. I walk around and I get backhand compliments. Every every hour of the day, uh, after my show, hey, you were funny. Hey, Thanks. I, you, we you were actually funny. No, people go. Last week, I did a show in Irvine at the Ontario Improv. I thought that I had a great set. Someone's like, you were hilarious. I said, thank you. They go, we were the table that was laughing. I was like, oh, really? You were the table you were that the was one, laughing? You were the one table out of the 50? You couldn't tell me just you were, you can't just end it at you were hilarious. Right. They can't just say that. We were the ones that were laughing or I thought you were funny. Right. People tell me that. Or, <laughs> hey, I thought you were funny. All right, so I'm really pumped about our next guest. He's the yeah. former uh, UFC light, lightweight champion and uh, former WEC champion, Ben Henderson. How are you, man? I'm good, guys. I'm good. Let's go ahead and uh, change that, though. Let's say uh, the former and soon-to-be yes. UFC lightweight champion. Oh, <laughs> absolutely, right. All right. Okay. Yeah, so we have the, like former, right, the former and the soon-to-be UFC lightweight champion, Ben Henderson, uh, you are uh, a a bad bad man, man. You are you are an amazing fighter, uh, fun to watch. You you've come a long way. How's everything going? Tell us about about your about your life recently. What's going on? Uh, well, things are going good. Pretty much same old, same old for me. A lot of times, uh, you know, people think, oh, you're off doing this crazy stuff and doing this and doing that and blah blah. Like, man, I'm pretty boring. I don't really go go out places. I don't really do a whole lot of things. I'm um, in the gym getting beat up every single day. That's about it. <laughs> but 
I did just get back from Australia yesterday. Uh, had three, four days in Australia. I uh, came right back, so I was a little jet lagged today. Now, yeah, I was going to say, I, just, I mean, we, I was just with you in Vegas last weekend, and you already went to Australia yeah. and came back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. That's true. What were you doing there? So the Vegas trip was a quick trip. Uh, Australia was a um, an appearance for Muscle Farm, one of my sponsors. They had the uh, the biggest uh, expo convention they had out there was the Australia um, Health and Fitness Expo, and all the who's who of you know health and fitness is out there. They have a a big uh, jiu jitsu tournament, a boxing tournament, a CrossFit uh, tournament, like uh, just everything you know. So I went out there to. You know, sign autographs, shake hands, smile, the camera, uh, and I'll show you. No, senima- no seminars you put on? You didn't put on any, on any seminars, any clinics? No, no. I, I, I didn't do any seminars uh, this time. Uh, but actually, I uh, rolled around at a couple of gyms down there. And I had a, I heard a lot of uh, feedback about, you know, uh, some of them wanted me to come back down to teach a seminar. And my brother is working on um, setting up some seminars. I think we're, we're not quite... Uh, exactly certain it's going to go through right now but pretty close to certain 70 percent uh that we're going to go back down in late june to teach a couple seminars because we had a lot of people asking about doing seminars and like oh yeah sure why not okay let's do it so my brother sent that up now now ben you seem like one of the nicest human beings alive Uh, i i I follow you on twitter you're you're a very spiritual guy almost like I, i i even try to do those like i actually write those texts from last fight and and I'm always trying to put you in there, and I have you just quoting the Bible all the time. Oh, you're a very yeah, yeah. you're a very spiritual guy. I mean, you, you've uh, you've you've come a long way. Is it, is it hard sometimes to not like to stay so positive? Uh, it, it it can be, I guess. Um, sometimes like everybody, you know, there's there's ups and downs in life. That's, that's how life goes, no matter who you are, whether you're a, a dental assistant or whether you're a you know comedian, whether you you. Know, <laughs> do uh radio shows or if you're a fighter you know life has ups and downs um my outlook on life has has helped me a lot in my career it's helped me even more just in my life in general uh you know trying to be positive stay positive um not worry about you know not not sweat the small stuff so to speak you know uh, but it's helped it, it can be hard it can be tough to, to stay positive to you know bad things happen you know tough things happen uh, but that's life you gotta bounce back from it you can't let it you know get you down too much i mean are there, are there days you just want to curse everyone out like you get people as i <laughs> just like just go off on everybody and just say you know what f this you guys are annoying uh, enough with the uh, actually it's was was perfect because my my outlet like when i do get frustrated because everyone gets frustrated and stuff my outlet is it's my job it's my career <laughs> so if, I, if i do get frustrated if i do get whatever literally i, I should go punch people in the face that's what i do <laughs> that's what i do for a living so if i get frustrated if i do whatever i'm punching in the face anyway so you know um it's just a, it's, it's just a good outlet for me i literally like everyone needs an outlet in life you know whether you play tennis or you know do crosswords or whatever your outlet is <laughs> Mine is my job. My outlet is my job. It's what I do for my career. So it worked out pretty well for me. I mean, you've been involved in more controversial decisions than the cast of 16 and Pregnant. You've, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, your nickname should be Planned Parenthood because uh, that's how many pl- controversial decisions you've been involved in. Do you feel like sometimes like uh, you don't get the credit you deserve or is it hard sometimes like to win a fight 
And a lot of people go, oh, well, I thought Frankie Edgar won, or I thought Josh Thompson won. I mean, how do you... No, I don't, I don't really think... I think the thing with uh, social media nowadays is you can have, like, five people say something, and then the the way our media is set up, whether you're a small-time media or whether you're a big-time media like CNN or whatever media outlet you are, that you get more ratings by showing the negative stuff. So right. there's, you know, five murders in a city. Guess what they're going to show? Those five murders. They're not going to show the hundreds of other good stories out there. It's just the way it is. Like for MMA, the same thing. It's it's better to talk about the controversial stuff and it's better to get that out there. But the feedback I get after my fights, people, I think the, the media plays it one way, but the feedback I get is mostly all positive. It doesn't matter, like against Gilbert Melendez, uh, Josh Thompson, those are the oh the the second Frankie fight. There's only three. I, I get to me uh, from what I hear from the media guys that there's three controversial decisions. Uh, the second Frankie fight, the Gilbert Melendez fight, and the Josh Thompson fight. All my other fights were pretty clearly I, I kicked the guy's butt, which you know it is what it is. Um, but for those three fights, the majority of the feedback I've gotten after those fights, like the the feedback I got personally from Twitter, from Facebook from people, you know, talking to you face to face, um, from other fighters themselves in the UFC. There was all like ninety five percent positive, but you get like a, a spattering, one negative here, one negative there, one negative there. But then I think the media picks up on that, and then they talk about it more and more and more and more. And the next thing you know, like it, it seems as if majority of people have a you know criticism for controversial decisions when most people I, that I'm talking to that I get messages from and all this stuff, it's all positive saying, Oh yeah, you know, you want a close fight. Like, you know, in the Super Bowl, if there, if a, a game comes down to a, a close, uh, close tight game and it's, uh, on the line and it comes down to a field goal in the last three seconds, blah, blah. That's a great game. It's, you know, great for the winners. It was, uh, it was amazing. It was a close game, kind of, you know, um, but for, for fights, for whatever reason, it's not quite viewed that way, but you know, for my fans, for from who I hear from, uh, they're saying, yeah, it's just like you know, winning a close game in a football game or, or a close game in a, a you know, a college basketball game. You win a nail biter, comes down to the end, a close, close game. That's awesome. That's good. You know, it shows you're that you are that good to come out on top. Yeah, that's, that's what and, I take it. And you know what? I, and to go along with that, every fight that you've been in. And I've said this on the on the show. Exciting. It's, it's not like it's. I mean, no offense to Jake Shields or some of these other guys that win. You know, close fights is where you could you could argue that they're kind of boring, whereas all your fights are exciting. So even even the fights that you are that have been in the close, it's not there's not been one where I'm like that's not an ex especially the Frankie Edgar fights and even the Josh everyone the Gilbert Melendez they've all been exciting fights. So I th I think that sometimes people just want to hate or they want to. You know, you're right. Like you said, they want to sell ads or sell clicks or whatever it is. Now, uh, a couple other things. Uh, people want to know about this toothpick. Now, <laughs> now some people said it was yeah, Kenny, yeah. some people said it was Kenny Florian in your mouth, uh, and it wasn't an actual toothpick. No, no. What is now? What exactly is this toothpick? Uh, what What's the deal with this? Uh, it's just a bad habit I had since I was younger. I've. Uh... You know, I used to have a toothpick in my mouth. I'd forget about it. I'd go to wrestling practice. I'd wrestle with a toothpick in. Uh, I'd forget about it. And I'd have it in jujitsu practice. I'd forget about it. I'd, I'd have it for sparring. Uh, so it's just not, for me, it's not really that big a deal. It's just like, oh, yeah, I forgot to have a toothpick in. You know, no no biggie. Um, but then, you know, a few more fights I, I had it in. 
a few fights I didn't have it in. So, it, you know, it's no big deal. Is it like an OCD thing or like a superstitious thing where you, you've won fights with the toothpick, so now you're afraid to not fight with it? No, not really. It's not even it's not even like that. It's just sometimes I'll have a toothpick in and then I'll, you know, got done eating Subway uh, after um, the, the morning of a fight. I get an early morning workout, you know, uh, get a good sweat, blow my lungs out, and then I have a bite to eat for lunch before I head to the venue to fight. And after I have, you know, my Subway or whatever, I'll uh, get a toothpick, and then I just forget that it's in, and, you know, there it is. It's definitely, it's definitely people are, there was that one thing that was photoshopped of you putting it in, uh, uh, who was it, Gilbert's eye? That, that was... <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the funniest things I've, I've, I've seen in a while. Now, uh, a couple other things I have to talk about. Uh, now, when you, when you uh, proposed to your wife in the octagon, were you nervous that she was going to say no? Uh, not, not real. Like most of the time, if you're, for most guys, uh, from all the guys I talk to and stuff, like if you propose to your wife or you're going to propose, you pretty much know what she's going to say if, you know, you hopefully talk about it with her ahead of time and you blah, blah, blah. What do you think about getting married and blah, blah, You talk about things. So I, I knew she was going to say yes, but I still was nervous as all heck. I was more nervous for that than anything else in my entire life. <laughs> Did, um, if, if you would not have won that fight, would you still have done it in that, in that setting? I, I don't know. I don't know. I do know that afterwards they still interview the, uh, the ex champ, they they interviewed the loser still. So I know I still would have had camera time and, and the, the possibility to do it. But I'm not sure if I would have done it or not. I don't know. I, I think it's one of those things you got to be put in that spot, in that situation to know how you would react, what you would have done. And I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm just glad that I, I did win and I had a chance to do it on, on national television in the positive light. And it was a, just a great, great night. Yeah, because if, if you would have lost and then she would have said, if, my you, wife. if you would have lost and she said no, that would have been. <laughs> Double that would have been a really bad oh. night for you, man. <laughs> yeah, that would that would be, that would not have been a good look. Yeah, but also if you would have lost, then from that point on, every time you tell the story about how you proposed her, you would have to bring up the fact that you lost. Yeah, I just lost the fight, and then I proposed, and she said yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, so that always opened that wound yeah, back it's up. Good, it's a good thing I got my hand raised. Exactly. Now I read that you have never had a sip of alcohol in your life, never had a puff of a cigarette, and never tried weed. Is this true? This is true. Never had any uh, any alcohol. Never had uh, cigarette, weed, nuts like that. What is wrong with you? You don't no, know what you're, like, you don't know like, what you're missing. Like, like, <laughs> I mean, I've, I've heard that a few times. I've, I've heard that a few times, but I uh, I don't know. I, I, whatever. I, I even like. I don't like going to clubs or parties or like. I think whatever gene that is that people have that. They they hear loud music and see people dancing. They're like, oh, fun! Let's go, let's go clubbing. Let's go have fun. Blah blah. blah. I don't think I have that gene in me because it looks like zero fun to me to be packed in a tight, close enclosure with a bunch of other sweaty, smelly people. <laughs> I'm like, ah, I'll pass. I'm okay. I'll, I'll skip on. Like, so the same thing for like alcohol. I've seen the effects of alcohol. I've seen what people look like after they drink alcohol. I don't want to look like that. I, I want to do the things that people do as they drink alcohol or, you know. So. <laughs> but, I mean, was it... I, mean, I don't know. Like, I, I just uh, skipped out on that. When I was in high school, I got sent to a boarding school where, like, you couldn't lie, steal, cheat, drink, have sex. And, and then I, when I went home for breaks, I, I wouldn't drink. But I felt like the biggest loner because all the kids would get wasted and be partying and this. And I was sort of like, felt like I was a, 
a, a big loner. I mean, is that how you, now you must've went through that too as well, right? Everyone else getting drunk and partying and you're kind of praying. In the no, corner. I, I, I think I was pretty, pretty blessed with my life. Like I, I always had a good friends of mine who also never drank or smoked or, or whatever, or, you know, um, when I was in high school, I had like three, four or five good buddies who we all played football. We all wrestled and then we all uh, did track, you know, we're all in sports and we all like, you know, pretty serious about our sports and stuff like that. So I had friends around me the entire time who shared what I had. A lot of times people don't have that. So the, the peer pressure gets to them like, Oh, I don't want to drink. But then they hang out with this guy and then they go to this party and then like all they ever else is doing it. So then they feel like, you know, like left out or they, they feel like they need to join in on the festivities. So they start doing it also. Uh, but me, I, I think I was blessed. I, I had good for good friends uh, around me who like we kind of, you know, inspired each other helped each other like no nah, i'm good dude no nah, no worries I'll, 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 we're good we'll, we'll pass uh in college the same way i had my the grooms in my wedding my best friends uh they're all the, the same way uh, i was so it was, uh, wasn't really a hard time for me man, man you are just like the what, what is it do you have dead bodies somewhere did you <laughs> did you kill someone at age seven i mean I, what is going on there's no way a person could be this perfect what i mean no offense but i mean it just seems like you're way too he can be quiet at times i remember him in the the, the green room over on the fox lot yeah and he came in and there was probably i don't know 20 20 people there was a lot of people in the green room and he just kind of sat there and was just kind of chilling and i was like is this guy gonna talk at all like, I mean, this guy's the champ. Like this guy should like. He's very, he's very like, quiet. He is, that, that, that's, <laughs> that's, that's the funny part because a lot of people don't realize. Like a lot of people don't know. For me, I was always the more quieter kid in high school and elementary. I was always quiet. I'm very introverted. And I would you know walk in the room, be hi, and I'd go sit in my corner and and do my thing. You know, like not like a not like a weird you know quiet but just quiet i wouldn't say much you talk to me i would talk back but you know i'd say oh yeah that's a good idea and that's about it you know but when i started fighting when i realized there's a whole public persona to being a fighter and to being sociable to being liked you want fans to like you you have to be outgoing you have to be engaging so that was actually my hardest part of being a fighter was learning to be more sociable learning to be more engaging having a better smile and talk to people and giving more than three word answers uh, so that, that's really what I had to work on. Like fighting was hard for me, of course, like learning the box. Cause I was terrible, terrible. I'd do just like worse than a girl, you know, <laughs> worse than a, worse than a five-year-old girl. Uh, so like that part was hard for me, but I had a much harder time learning to be more engaging, like going out there and, and talking and speaking, talking to fans, doing this interview, like doing this interview six years ago wouldn't, would have never happened. I would be like, Oh yes, no, I think so. I had fun. Like that would, that would be it, you know? So that, that was really the hardest part for me, uh, growing into being a fighter. Yeah. Uh, you're very unassuming too. Um, this is T-Rex. Uh, do you remember the first time I met you were in, in Vegas at that sushi restaurant? I was with Ray Cepho. I do. At, like little Buddha or something. Yeah. Like right? Little Buddha. Right. In, the, inside the Palms hotel. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, when I pointed you out to Ray, he was he was blown away that it was you because you were wearing like some basketball shorts and like a tank top. He had his hair pulled back in a ponytail and he was wearing gla- like spectacles, like glasses. And I was like, look, look how unassuming that dude looks. Like if you were out somewhere and there's some trouble started and you look at him, you think you might be able to take this guy. And he's a maniac. But you were so like, you were so uh, kind and like uh, open to talking to everybody that day that we met you. Um, 
I was just blown away by your personality just how cool you were and like yeah you were smooth just like your nickname you were a, a smooth dude and you were really cool oh thank friendly, you dog I appreciate that man and friendly and, and Ray was like impressed by you as well and I remember you were like impressed by Ray yeah, you were yeah. like oh man I know who you are man oh my god this is great that is awesome <laughs> now where do you get oh your... yeah I, I, still, I, still watch, I still watch videos on YouTube of Ray doing his thing right? he's, he's amazing yeah now where he's do you beast. get now where do you buy your soul glow <laughs> <laughs> do you remember I said I said that on the podcast because yeah you're you're Korean and black so I said uh, Soul Glow S E O U L <laughs> yeah 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 I know I like it but um people ask like what's my favorite food to eat I say it's a soul food he's <laughs> a soul brother S E O U L food soul food yeah <laughs> no I I hopped out the shower I I um I haven't had my haircut since my senior year wrestling in college 2006. Uh, it was last time. I used to always be bald. I used to always shave. Uh, but I, uh, last time I cut my hair was then. And I don't put any, I don't put anything in my hair. I don't put any product in my hair. I, uh, hop out the shower. I shake my head a few times. I don't towel dry. I let it dry naturally. Uh, and then I just, you know, I just go. So, so, so there is no soul glow in my hair. It's all natural, baby. I don't know, man. I, I, that, that joke always gets a big laugh. And then I say that you come a long way since being in Bone Thugs and Harmony. That, that, uh, <laughs> That's the other joke that people that people seem to find funny. But I know you're yeah, yeah. On, honestly, I got nothing but respect for you, and I, you really are just like a, a huge role model, man. And uh, you should be really proud. I mean, really, really proud of like everything that you've accomplished uh, and from where you came from. Uh, now, when you, were you were you the only? Oh, cool. Thank you, man. It's the truth. It's the truth. Now, were you were you the only black and Korean kid at in uh, Nebraska in college? Uh, yes, I, I absolutely was. <laughs> the only Korean <laughs> girl? Been, you know, a few others, but only one within the 60-mile radius that I knew of, yeah. Now, was that hard being, I mean, was that, did you feel different? Was that hard? No, I mean, definitely a, a culture shock going from Seattle to, you know, Omaha, Nebraska is definitely a bit of a culture shock going on there. It's just, everything is different, you know? Um, but I will say I, I grew to love the place. I have, I have some of my best friends down there. Some of my best memories of my entire life are, are down there in Omaha. Uh, the groomsmen at my wedding there, they, uh, all still live down in, uh, Omaha. Um, and when I not retire, but when I get older, I wouldn't mind moving back out to Omaha and Nebraska. I, I really do love it out there. All the people are great. All my, all my boys still live out there and stuff. So I, I wouldn't mind moving back out there. That's where, uh, that's where you, normally Jake Ellenberger is our co-host, uh, but that's where he's from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jake and Joe, I remember them. Uh, they were wrestled for UNK, um, and they were coming up and fighting. They were, they were fighting before I was, that's for sure. I was still in, I was still in, in college when I um, heard about them fighting and these two, these two twins, these two brothers from, from UN, University of Nebraska, Kearney, UNK, uh, wrestling and, and fighting and stuff like that. And they got into it a little bit before I did, uh, but there's a, there's a tough, a, a bunch of tough, uh, like college wrestlers, ex-college wrestlers who uh, turn into fighting from that area. Now, do you get a lot of uh, chicks that are like? Can I, I mean, you were the UFC champion at one point. You're you're going to be the future UFC champion. Now, is there a lot of? Uh, is it hard to turn down? I know there's got to be. I mean, when I asked Zach. Uh, Makowski, uh, our uh, our uh, last thing, if he got a lot of puss thrown his way, and he says no, I kind of believe him. But so you, there's no way that you could say no on this. Are there a lot of chicks that throw themselves at you, and is it hard to turn them down? It, it's funny because uh, because of because of my uh, strong faith, uh, religion, and a lot of people know about my, my faith and religion and stuff. I I don't think I get as much as 
other fighters who are known to be like playboys or known to be like, you know, going after girls and like, like people, you know, they know who you are before they go up to you. Like any, any sort of girl who would want to, you know, uh, get your attention. They mostly know a little bit about you before, before they talk to you. Uh, so there's plenty of other fighters in the UFC who girls know, Oh yeah, he goes with girls all the time. He goes with girls all the time. Uh, my entire time in the UFC and the WCA, um, I was, uh, you know, with my religious background and they, um, my wife, my uh, fiance at the time, my girlfriend at the time, they knew I was, I was with her. So I don't think I got nearly as much as some of these other fighters who are known to, like, you know, hook up with girls uh, as much as they do get thrown their way, you know? You don't get girls to dress up like nuns to try to trick you? <laughs> like, that, like, not work? <laughs> no, that, that has never happened before. I, I, can, I can truly say that has never happened. Okay, you know, it's a funny story. Real quick, this guy I knew that opened up for Sinbad, he uh, he had he hired a nun, a stripper to dress up as a nun during Sinbad's comedy show, and the girl, the nun kept flashing Sinbad during his show. <laughs> and, oh, that is awesome! And then Sinbad came off stage. He's like, "There's a nun in the front row that kept flashing me her her, her vagina." And then my friend, then he found out, and Sinbad hired that guy ten years later to work on his TV show. That's hilarious. That, that was the funniest thing. But uh, that's that the is hilarious. DJ. Hey Ben, I have a, I have a question for you. This um, so you're going to talk to to Damon tomorrow about this. Um, we're doing a story on this thing called Fight Church. This documentary that Ben was. Oh on. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so can you tell us about this pastor versus pastor fight? So like, were you involved in that? Like, how did that go down? That's that sounded pretty crazy to us. That's the whole reason why we're writing a story. Like, it's like two like pastors like really? fighting one another. Yeah. I, I actually um I I saw like the preview for the trailer or the, the trailer for the for the movie or, or whatever it is so actually i don't know very much at all about it they, they just uh um contacted my uh pr guy and then he contacted me and said oh hey there's this church that wants to interview you to talk about your faith and, and fighting and how you correlate it i'm always down to give interviews to, to churches and to um, um you know organizations of, of that sort uh to talk about how it is okay to be a fighter you know, to be a professional athlete and to be a Christian still, there's, there's no, you know, it's not mutually exclusive. There, there's no reason why you cannot be, uh, you know, a, a fighter, a professional athlete and a Christian at the same time. So I, I love doing those interviews. Uh, but I said, yes, of course. Uh, he looked into it. He said, oh, yeah, I looked into it a little bit. These guys are doing some sort of documentary. Uh, we don't think it's a bad thing to do. So uh, if you want to do it, we'll set it up, blah, blah. But before then, uh, even now, so I, I don't really know much at all about the actual pastor fighting the pastor. <laughs> One thing I know is just from that two-minute uh, preview that I saw. Now, is, is it hard, like, as far as being a Christian? Because I know that so many people, like, like the John Jones haters are out there. They're, so it seems like they're a lot of the times they're, they say that John Jones is, is, is full of crap because he's sitting there quoting the Bible, and yet he was caught, you know, drinking and driving with two girls in his car, blah, blah, blah. It seems like a lot of people are waiting for a person of faith to mess up so that they could say, oh, yeah, that guy's full of shit, blah, blah, blah. Do you find that you you have to deal with that a lot? Is it something that you have to deal with? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. And that makes me that much more aware of everything I do, how I act, how I present myself, how I talk, everything. is because there are the biggest reason for... Um, you know, atheism in the world today is because of Christians. Christians who go out there and, uh, you know, talk with their mouths inside the church and they go out there and deny by the lifestyles uh, when they're not in church. Uh, so I'm, I am very aware of that. But at the same time, people just need to realize that 
because we're Christian doesn't mean we're perfect. It, it, because I say I love the Lord doesn't mean I'm perfect at all. It means I am not perfect, and I need His help. It, it means I know I'm not worthy. Uh, so that's what, that, to me, that's the biggest uh, misunderstanding of uh, yeah. the religion of Christianity. What, no matter what denomination you are, whether you're Catholic or Protestant or Lutheran or what, you know, whichever you are, uh, it's not that it's not that I claim to be perfect. I know I'm not perfect. I know very, very clearly I'm not perfect. I know the sins I make. I sin every single day, um, but it's just that. I'm asking for help to not sin. I'm asking for help to to be a better person. You know, I know I can't do it on my own. I know I need his help. Uh, so that that's my thing for Christianity. For John Jones, you know, he was a young man on top of the world. You know, the, the one of the top three best fighters on the planet. I, I can't imagine the, the stuff he goes through. You know, like um, but you know, he, he's a good looking dude. Speaks well. Uh, a good, uh, honestly good guy, a nice heart, good guy. So I can't imagine all the stuff he deals with. So of course, you know, he likes to party, he likes to have fun, the same as everybody else does on, on, on this planet. You know, he likes to have a good time. And, and a 23-year-old kid, 24-year-old, you know, they're going to do that. That's, yeah. that's, that's, that's what you do when you're 23, 24. You know, uh, it's just you out there, you have fun, you do this, you do that. Um, yeah, it's do not you want to always do that? Is that how you want to do it? No, not, not exactly, but, you know, that's life. We make mistakes. No, that's a great answer. That's actually uh, that's a, that's probably the best answer I've ever heard. Uh, anybody uh, de- defending faith. Um, now uh, we got to talk about the Showtime kick because that was uh, that was one of the craziest things I've ever seen in my life. Uh, I still don't even know how he did that. You were on the receiving end of that, and then you got up, which shows how tough yeah. you, t- most people would not get up from that. Um, how much did that? You know, it's, sh- it's funny to me because a lot of people do, do. A lot of people do say uh, like, oh. It was a, one of the greatest knockouts. It was a blah, blah. And I, I don't, you know, say much. I'm a pretty low-key guy. Like, oh, yeah, you know, it, was, it, was a, it, was a, it really was a great kick. It was pretty damn impressive. Looking back, I'm like, oh, damn, that was really nice. Especially, especially in the last minute of a five-round fight, everything on the line. And then you pull it off. Like, like the kick itself is amazing. But in the context in which he did it, amazing. Fifth round inside my my hometown, my adopted hometown, Linda, Arizona, fighting for my belt. That's amazing, man. That's just a, a great all around story. You you can't not sell that. You know, it sells itself. Uh, and then to pull off in the last minute to have the energy, the the gumption to to go for it, man. That's, that's just a, a great kick. But it wasn't a knockout kick. It was a, it was a great kick, but it wasn't a knockout <laughs> kick. Yeah, I still they always cut in it in my head. In, in my head, I always, I always tell myself if I would have had because he landed the kick, and then I uh, was stumbled I, I landed on my butt i got up i was on a single leg right away and the clock uh, ended uh the bell sounded right when i was about to finish a single leg if i would have had i think a minute more i could have finished a single leg ended the round on top doing a little bit of ground and pound uh and then go it could, maybe would have taken away a little bit of the kick in the judge's eyes and i maybe could have won the, the decision because uh he wanted the decision off the knockdown off the off of the kick but if i would have had a minute afterwards to you know, finish the single leg that I was going to finish uh, before the clock ran out, and I would have had you know maybe a minute on top to do some good ground and pound. I maybe could have uh, won the fight still with the kick. Um, ended up on being ending the, the round on top, uh, doing some good ground and pound. But you know, it, it is what it is. It, it played out how it played out. 
Well, I mean, you came back. I mean, I, I, I always say that you're harder to uh, submit than a clean ovary urine sample. Uh, you're, uh, you know, I mean, your fights with Donald Cerrone were classic. Shane, even your fight with Shane Roller. I thought, no offense, I thought Roller was, was going to walk through you. Coming from a wrestling background, he was a, yeah. th- a three-time national champion. And, uh, and you, yeah. you, you know, he had you hurt. You came back. And you won that fight. Uh, I mean, you, in the first round. And Shane Roller, a lot of people, you know, he he didn't, he never really, you know, he never became the champion, or whatever. But he was a solid fighter. I mean, solid fighter. Uh, you know, you beat. Yeah, well, it's funny how how many people don't, don't know about like fighters who don't quite make it. But Shane Roller was the man, like a three-time uh, triple crown winner. Uh, I mean, you win like the three biggest. Uh, tournaments, wrestling tournaments uh, in the country in one year. He won it like three times. One of the only guys to win it even once. Uh, but he was an amazing wrestler, amazing athlete. Uh, had a great, you know, college collegiate career. Uh, a, a pretty big, um, you know, star early in his MMA career. Uh, didn't quite pan out the way he wanted it for him for the rest of his career. But man, he was he was tough. Yeah, he was tough. And then uh, your fight against Nate Diaz was great. Now, was it hard to not let Nate get into your head with all that uh, crap talking and you know uh, taunting? I, I I can't admit. I I can I can definitely admit that, that was for sure uh, a little bit tougher for me. Uh, for my training camp, we had um, I I knew me being like all fighters, we're, we're all emotional people. We all get worked up. We're all like you know, someone starts talking crap to us. I handle it a little bit different than other people handle it, but it does make me upset. It does, it does affect me, you know, um, I just, you know, go about dealing with it in a different manner than other people. Like someone talks crap to some fighters, they start talking crap back and they say this and they say that. I don't say anything back to you, but I'd be tar out of you, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Now, now, I mean, there's no way you you couldn't ask God, Hey, is it okay if I talk smack to him and then ask him for forgiveness afterwards? And that was... (laughs) No, it's not, it's, not, it's not about God necessarily in, in that aspect. For me, it's just myself. I don't want to, you know, take my my uh, myself down to that level. You know, I, I have better morals and a better, um, you know, than to stoop down to that low to, to talk crap. That's just not who I am or how I want to present myself, you know, so... I didn't want to do that for for my for my own sake, you know, right. let alone for, for my Lord's sake. By the way, you're, you're, by but the yeah, way. during during training, what's that? I'll, I'll go on. You were saying during no, training I was going to say during during training camp. Uh, the hardest thing I had time with was uh, my my training partners, like my coach John Crouch. He told them to uh, talk crap to me, so like <laughs> we'd be sparring, and, and he, he didn't he didn't tell me ahead of time that he was going to have them do that. So I was like, I don't know what I was like, yeah, you know, forget you, F you, yeah, that, that punch was soft, what are you doing, like, blah, blah, I was like, what are you, what are you doing, I was like, huh, and I was, you know, I was confused for the first couple of rounds, and then I'd be on the back and almost choking him, like, and be like, oh, this is soft, this is nothing, you ain't got nothing on me, and using other choice words, you know, uh, and I was like, what, what, what is going on, what is, why you, you guys don't like me, why are you talking crap to me, you know, and I had, I had a hard time with that, but Stop thankfully, me. because of that, you know, we, that is so we prepared, funny. You know, to be flipped off, to be talked crap to during the during the sparring round, so that when the fight and it happened, I was like, yeah, yeah, um, you know, we sparred for it, we got ready for it, we were prepared for it, and uh, we did a good job of uh, not letting it affect us. That's so funny that your training partners are giving you the finger. I think that they should need to have like a Nate Diaz, a UFC fit Nate Diaz edition, <laughs> where where you like curse out, like you know, you have Mike Dolce teaching everyone to like, you know, right. or have Nate be the uh, instructor. That would be that would be amazing. Now, um, 
You're not, uh, I think you got. I think you could actually sell, sell, sell some of those. That, that would probably, that would could. probably uh, make you some some Dana White some money. They should. And now give you the finger and the finger and 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 curse and curse. And yeah. then throw your arms out to the side like what? <laughs> <laughs> That's all you got. The Stockton slap. Now, <laughs> now um, you got a fight coming up against Gust- Gustav Kabalov, uh, who's who's ranked fifteenth. Now, is it hard for you to uh, get for to get up for a guy who's ranked fifteenth? No. We all know rankings don't mean a darn thing in the UFC. When, when you have the number 12 guy, number 8 guy, fight for a title in the weight class above, really? You, you, you're trying to tell me that rankings mean anything? Don't, don't give me that. You know? like, Are you talking I'm about not, I'm not that foolish. I wasn't, I wasn't born yesterday. So we all know rankings don't mean anything, right? If you're the number one rated guy, as I am, and then you have a fight, and then you have another fight, and have whatever, and then you don't get a title shot. It just goes to show rankings don't mean anything, which well, we all knew already. So it's not that big a deal. I don't really care, you know, no, no biggie. But because somebody's ranked 15th, it doesn't mean in any way, shape, or form that he is not going to go out there and give you a beating. Right. If you're not ready for him, if you're not, and I, I let nobody beat me up, so I don't care what he's ranked because it doesn't. But I'm not going to let anybody go in there and you know throw me a whooping. Uh, so like I, I will be 100% fully prepared. Me being the, the kind of guy I am, uh, I like to think of myself as a, as a consummate professional, a true veteran of the sport, uh, and just me being personally, I ain't let nobody beat me up, you know? Yeah, well, uh, I so mean, this guy's no I'm joke. I'm going to go out there and, and, and beat the tar out of Rustam Kabbalah because he asked for the fight. He wanted to fight me, and it's been a long time since anybody wanted to fight me. The, the guys in the, the backstage, the, the, some of the VIPs, the VPs of the UFC, they're telling me, like, I'm not a... I'm not an appealing fight for a lot of guys. So the, a bunch of guys turned me down. Like this guy, I don't want to fight me. This guy, I don't want to fight me. This guy, like they're like, oh, Henderson, we, we have a hard time. No one wants to fight you. You are the ex-champion. They don't need to beat you to fight for the title. Obviously, the UFC has shown that they, you don't need to beat the number one contender to fight for the to fight for the belt. But you can be ranked number one, and the, the number five guy, the number seven guy, the number twelve guy can fight for the title over you. So the rankings don't mean anything in that sense. And on top of all that. You're just, you know, you're you're a tough fight. You're the UFC champion for a long time, for a while. If you're you're a tough fight, so no one really wants to fight you. We're, we're having a hard time finding anybody to fight you. Uh, so that was my problem for a while there. So wait, so who uh, are the guys that that uh, turned, now, wait, who are the guys that turned you down? I have no idea. They, they uh, my my guy at the UFC didn't tell me, but you know, it's been a long time since anybody wanted to. Not since maybe before the Clay Guida fight. A couple of years ago, did anybody like, was there anybody wanting to fight me? Since you know, my first fight was Mark Bocek and then Jim Miller. After Jim Miller, no one wanted to fight me. Like no one, oh, oh yeah, Henderson fight. He's in a chapter fight. We can match up both, and we want to fight him. No one really wanted to fight me. No one said, oh hey, we want to fight that guy over there. Uh, so it's been a long time since I had somebody say, oh yeah, I want to, I want to fight you. Rusom said he wants to fight me. He he picked the fight. Uh, we wanted to make sure that the timing worked out for us. I like coming off my honeymoon. Uh, took the longest break I've taken in seven years of being a professional fighter. I took I took my honeymoon off. I took three weeks of uh, uh, no training. Oh, my wife and I we still trained jujitsu a couple times, but I wasn't at my gym training, so it was the longest break I've taken. So I want to make sure I came back and was in shape and ready to go. So we made sure the the timing was right. Made sure it was a uh, main event. Made sure it was uh, five rounds. We got all that. So we said, yeah, sure, let's do it. Um, but for someone wanting to fight me, really cool. Let's let's let's, let's see if that's what you really want. But you thought it was Khabib, right? Didn't you think it was someone else first? 
Oh, uh, I did get them mistaken for a quick second because <laughs> uh, Khabib was the other guy no one won the fight because Gilbert turned down Khabib, Nick Diaz turned down Khabib. There was a bunch of guys who like were supposed to fight Khabib, Nurmagomedov. I believe is how you pronounce his last name. I'm yeah, probably yeah, pronouncing no, it correctly. No, that was that was close. Um, so my bad, Khabib. I, I'm not meaning to pronounce your name incorrectly, but um, a bunch of guys turned down him. And they didn't want to fight him, so I was like, "Oh, he's whatever. Like, I'll I'll fight him. Let's do it." Like, no one wants to fight that guy. I've I've never said no to anybody. You know, so, I've, uh, I haven't turned down anybody. Um, you have a hard time fight uh, finding the fight for that guy. Sign, sign me up for it. So, um, so I get straight. So being, wait. So Rustam calls you out. You you think it's Khabib? You're like, I'll fight you, Khabib. He he goes, No, I'm not Khabib. And then you go, All right, I'll fight you anyway. Yes. <laughs> I'll fight anybody. You want, you want to fight me? You you you're asking to fight me. Let's do it. That's awesome. Come to my gym. I'll, I'll fight you at my gym. Let's, I'll uh, no cameras, no this, no that. You want to come to come to my gym and, and see who's better? Let's do that. You know, uh, you want to fight me? That's a interesting request. Let's do it. Let's find out who's better. That wow. that guy and that guy's good. I mean, I, I watched his fight against uh, Vink Pinchel, and he uh, knocked him out with suplexes. This guy's this guy's. And this, you know, I feel like so he's... like three back-to-back? Yeah, three back-to-back right. suplexes. This guy's a powerful dude, and he's, he's got a lot less to lose than know. you do. So you have a... Uh... Well, that's, that's, that's the other thing. He is very tough. He, he's, he's 3 and in the UFC. He's from... Uh, he's Dagestani. He's, he's from uh, the, a section of Russia. And that section of Russia, Dagestan, they're known for having great wrestlers. Uh, I believe the Satyev brothers, the Satyev brothers, some of the, the best wrestlers in the world, the past... 80 years they're from there also they, they train there uh dagestan they they have a, a wrestling camp at the in dagestan where they all everyone wrestles in, in russia everyone just wrestles 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 and the best kids are selected to go there to dagestan to wrestle and to do sambo and that's where he's from so he he has that background of being a, a great sambo guy great wrestling you guys seen all his fights he has he's you know suplexes guys and then picks him up and then suplex him again and picks him up and suplex him again. So his, his wrestling is very tough. Uh, he's been at Jackson for a long time, working on the rest of his overall MMA game. So, and he's just rushing. We all know those Russians are tough. Yeah, you know? so I, I'm not expecting joke. the easy fight at all. It's gonna be, this is going to be a, a one heck of a fight. It's going to be a tough fight. Well, good. Um, well, well but yeah. He asked for it. Yeah. Ask Mass. Make sure you guys ask Mass for it. Is that, is that really what you wanted? Is that what you right there? Be careful what you ask for. You just might get yeah, it. We got lost in translation or something. Yeah. It's funny. <laughs> it's funny that he thought it was Khabib. He's like, oh, I'll fight him anyway. That's, that's, that's cool. I like that, man. You got, you got a warrior spirit. Uh, ben, man, uh, congrats on everything. Uh, good luck on getting the belt. I'm sure you don't need luck because uh, guys like you make your own luck. Um, but uh, thank you. Thanks for coming. Uh, well, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for coming on our show, man. I, I really yeah, man, no worries. You got no worries. Anytime. Oh man, Ben Henderson. That's that guy's uh, intense. What a great dude. Great dude. Solid guy, man. It's it's always nice to see somebody that like can talk to talk and back it up. Yeah. In life, you know, that's the problem. Is like he has a good point about atheists come out of the fact that all these, you know, Christ, a lot of Christians are full of shit, and then you become an atheist because you you're disappointed in him. Right. So it's nice to see a guy like him who uh, I'm sure he has his He's moments. Carrying the torch. He's not perfect, but uh, like like he said, but it's really I don't know. I got a I got a lot of respect for Ben Henderson. He's a beast, man. A super nice guy, always approachable. Um, we'll talk to every fan when they approach him. Yeah, he's never like I'm too busy for that. I want to dress up as Satan on one of the UFC expos <laughs> and, and then get your ass. No, and then get it in his line. <laughs> like, when he's when he's signing autographs, I'll be I'll be like, hey, listen, man, is there any way we could kind of like uh, you know? Can we, can we squash this beef? Can we squash this beef. <laughs> I know we have our differences, but. 
I think that would be a good idea. You don't think that'd be a good idea? <laughs> take a picture with him. Dress up as Satan. Yeah, take a picture with Ben Henderson. <laughs> Satan, but but then also have like Ben's haircut. Like put put Satan with like soul glow and an afro. I, what do you think? Who's in? Will you, will you film it, DJ? I'm in, I'm in to watch. So I'm not going to participate. Come on. You know, you know you'll laugh your ass. You know you'd be I'll laughing. Laugh my ass off, but... You know you would get high. Come with me as Satan and just laugh <laughs> laugh your ass off. You know that would happen. I would do it. I think, I think it'd be good. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm in. All right. So our next guest is the former Bellator champion. Uh, he's got a big fight with Eddie Alvarez coming up in pay-per-view. He's a badass dude. He just got married to a smoking hot wife. Oh, my God. Jesus. Mike Chandler, how are you, man? I'm doing good. How are you? Good, con- uh, con- congrats on the, uh, on the uh, wedding. Thank you. Thank you. It was actually just the engagement. We're probably going to get married later on this year, September-ish. Oh, you got engaged. Now, there's, there's one photo of, of you and her online. I, I, I haven't a look. And uh, she is smoking hot. Where, now, where did you meet this girl? How did she... How did she tie you down? What happened? Uh, she's, uh, she's a great girl, man. She's a Missouri girl. Um, I met her back in Columbia, Missouri. Um, and uh, she just got a, she's a great Missouri girl. Got a great family. Um, her dad was actually my dentist. That's kind of how I um, came to know about her. And now uh, here we are, engaged and ready to be married. I can make a really inappropriate joke about her dad being your dentist, knowing where your mouth has been and stuff like that, but I'm not going to. But just so you know, that's where yeah. my mind went. Just so you know. Just so okay, you know. just make it try. I, I figured I figured out something. Yes. Now, uh, now sp- speaking of Missouri, I actually I used to do shows over at Deja Vu in uh, Columbia. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that's, uh, that's our comedy. That's the, pretty much the one and only comedy club we have in Columbia. Yeah, I've, I've done that so many times. Now, you went to Mizzou. Were you, were you, were you teammates with uh, Tyron Woodley and Ben Askren? Yeah, I was, I was teammates with Tyron for one year, and then he coached for a year, and then I was, I was teammates with Ben for uh, two years, and then he coached for a year. So I was, they were the kind of the guys who kind of got me into MMA, and they're like my big brothers, basically. Yeah, I mean, you guys are all doing great in MMA. Tyron Woodley is fighting Rory McDonald, uh, I think for, I think maybe the one, not the uh, number one spot. Who do you like in that fight? I like Tyron, man. You can never bet against Tyron. He's he's gotten a lot better. He's uh, you know, he's obviously always been explosive and exciting to watch and and very dangerous from every position. But um, you know, Rory's Rory's tough too, obviously. But of course, I'm gonna have to go with Tyron. Um, he's a wrestler. And he's a good friend of mine, so I see him coming out with the win. And honestly, I, I, I see him looking for the finish. So we'll see. I like Tyron a lot. He's, he's he comes he comes on our show a lot. And he's a he's a very very really funny guy. Very he's got a great energy about him. Uh, what did you think about Askren not going to the UFC? Uh, Bellator releasing him. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, it was a, it was a different situation. You know, I uh, I don't understand how how it went down the way it did, to be honest with you. Um, Ben's a, Ben's a, a top 10 guy in my mind. Um, he's, I don't, I don't see really how he could get beat. Uh, you know, he goes in, he takes people down and beats them up. He stopped his last two opponents. One of them by Dr. Stoppage. The other one, um, I mean, yeah, both of them by Dr. Stoppage, I think, or something like that. And, uh, you know, it's just, it, obviously he gets, uh, you know, he gets some bad, some bad rap because of the way that he fights, but, in I mean, in his prime versus any other welterweight in the world's prime, I mean, I, I don't I don't see how he can be beat. So it's it's uh, I don't understand how it all went down. It's it's kind of 
it hasn't sat well with me really, but you know, it's, it's the fight game. It's the fight business and it's a business and that's kind of how things go. Sometimes you just got to kind of let it go and focus on your own career. So you wait, you think Askren in his prime beats GSP in his prime? Um, yeah, honestly, I mean, I don't, I don't see, I don't see how, how Ben doesn't win that fight. You know, I mean, GSP is, is honestly, everybody knows one of the greatest fighters of all time, but Ben's a different kind of animal and he's a different kind of, different kind of fighter. And it's, it's, uh, it's going to be extremely hard to stop his takedowns and stop his grappling skills. Well, look, I'm a Ben Askren fan. Ben's been on the show. I, I think he should be in the UFC as well. However, the one fight he struggled with was against Jay Haran, you know, uh, who GSP finished in one round. So, yeah, GSP finished him in one round, like Jay's first fight ever. And and I don't think I don't think the Jay Haran fight was as, as close as everybody thinks. Um, I don't think it was at all. I think Jay possibly won one round, and the rest of the fight he was, you know, getting controlled and, and beat up. You know, obviously. I was teammates with Jay at the time. Um, I was, it was a tough position for me to be in because I trained with Jay and Jay was a good friend of mine and I helped him train for that fight. But I don't think that fight was as close as a lot of people thought it was. Did you, did you, now being that you're Askren's boy, did you like, were you like a, a spy for Askren and told Haran to do the wrong things? <laughs> no, absolutely not. I mean, I kind of told him, I mean, we basically had that understanding that he would have, if he's going to ask for like inside information, there's really no inside information that I want to give. And really there's no inside information to give on Ben. ben I, I, I know. I'm just, I'm, one, I'm just kidding, by the way. That was just kind I know, of, but, but, but I mean, it's, it's a legitimate question and it's kind of like Ben, Ben's one kind of one style of fighting and he's going to get, get in your face and take you down and try to beat you up. And that's pretty much it. That's pretty much the only inside game, inside game plan uh, that you can go with, you know? Yeah. I mean, I got to say, I thought the fight was a draw. I, it was a very close fight. I think if, if Jay Haran, when he knocked down, when he knocked down Askren in the third, in the fifth round, wouldn't have celebrated with his hands up, he, he might have won the fight. I, I don't know. That was like I even asked him about that when he came on the show. I thought that was probably like the worst move yeah. you could have done. It's, it's not a boxing match, you know. <laughs> it was, that was I don't know what yeah. that was. Uh, are, are are you in a well? <laughs> no, can you hear me? Oh, yeah, yeah. I could, I could, I could hear you now. Um, <laughs> now, um, now when you were fighting, now you were at Extreme Couture, uh, with Pyle and Haran and Campman and, uh, Evan Dunham, all those guys. And then you switched to Alliance in San Diego with, with Phil Davis and, you know, those monsters over there. Why did you make the move and, and what was, what, what's been the big difference? Uh, you know, it just felt like the right move for me. Um, and Alliance was great for, for two, or, uh, Extreme Couture was great for, for the two years that I was there. Um, working with Gil Martinez and Neil Melanson and, and all the killers that were there and, and a lot of veterans of the sport and a lot of guys who kind of, you know, helped me out my first couple of years of fighting. I didn't know, you know, much about fighting at all when I was, you know, fighting in the tournament and then fighting in the title fight against the number, number five guy in the world. And, um, you know, I, I kind of got thrown in there and, and there was a lot of guys around me who, who helped me out. It were kind of those, that, that, uh, that veteran voice around me to kind of help me through things. And, uh, so it was a great, it was a great situation. But then towards the, you know, just towards the end, um, you know, uh, Dominic Cruz was going against Uriah Faber and the, the ultimate fighter or whatever. They were in Vegas for like three months and I went over and got some training sessions in with them. And I just felt at, I felt like it was, uh, it needed to be my new home. I felt like it was a, a more of a team atmosphere and I thrive in that atmosphere where you, you show up, you shut up and you do what the coach says. And that's basically what they do at Alliance. You know, now we have, 
um, a new head grappling coach in Neil Melanson, and we have our, our head striking coach and head coach Eric Del Fierro, and they both kind of um, run the program, and we all just show up, shut up, and, and work as hard as we can. And that's that's a little bit different than a lot of MMA gyms that I've been around, and I knew I was going to thrive in that situation, so I made the move, and here I am. Yeah, I mean, you, you've been killing an MMA. I mean, you're a guy who, who another, another guy, you walked on to Missouri, right? You were second in, in the uh, state of, uh, of Missouri in high school. How come you didn't get a scholarship to college, by the way? How come you had to, how come you had, you, you had to walk on, being that you took second in, in the uh, states in high school? Uh, it's, a, it's a competitive market, honestly. There's only 9.9 scholarships to give out in a Division One program. It's not like football. We, you know, football, they get 80-something scholarships, and you know, there's only two sides of the ball and then special teams, you know, so they're – there's only, you know, half the team is on a full ride and they're not even playing. They're riding the bench. Whereas wrestling, most of the guys aren't on, none of the guys are really on full scholarships and everybody's on partial, you know. So there's not as much money to give out. And, and I was getting some, some scholarship offers from some smaller schools, some Division two, Division three NAIA schools. But I knew, you know, if I was going to wrestle in college, I was going to go 100% full steam ahead and I wasn't going to, you know, possibly sell myself short by – you know, going at a Division two or three or NAIA, and I just took a leap of faith, walked on the team, and you know, I ended up getting a scholarship my second year and third year and fourth year and fifth year, and just kind of kept on increasing, and um, it all worked out. But you know, I just didn't want to sell myself short. I knew Division one, I, I had Division one dreams, and that's where I went, and then ended up working out for me. Well, I mean, you have you have a hundred wins in college. In wrestling, you are you are a hundred and wins and forty losses. That's ridiculous. A hundred wins for a walk on. Is uh, pretty damn impressive, man. I mean, that that's really freaking impressive. Uh, thanks, dude. No, 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 necessary, man. It's it's ridiculously impressive. Now, uh, in high school, you made the honor roll every single term. Uh, yes. Did you did you have any fun? I mean, I mean, what what's good? <laughs> Were you Captain yeah. Nerd? I mean, what, what you, Ben Henderson. I mean, what is I this? Did. Well, shoot. I mean, all you got to, I mean, at school, all you got to do is show up, listen and, and take the tests and study a little bit. I mean, school's not that hard. You know, I think, I think a lot of people, uh, just kind of overthink it and they wait till the last minute or whatever. Life's all about discipline. You know, you can make the right choice or the wrong choice every single, in every single situation in life. And if you choose to make the right choice nine times out of 10, you're going to get good grades. You're going to end up with a good job. You're going to end up being successful. You're going to have a great marriage. You're going to have a great life. You're going to have a great this and a great that. So really, I just kind of, um, minimize the time, the amount of times that I take the easy way out in life. And high school, high school was one of them. College was a, a tougher story. I didn't always make the honor roll, obviously, but I was, you know, wrestling and and had a lot of stuff going on. But you know, to anyone who's listening, all you gotta do is do the right things, you know, and and life is pretty easy. Yeah, I mean that's kind of a general thing. I, the, 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 a lot of times I think I'm doing the right thing, and then I'm like, "Oh Jesus, how did I end up here?" But uh, <laughs> yeah. but I think for the I think for the most part, you're right. I think there is the, if you, if you have a clean conscience and you could kind of see not everything's so black and white, but 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 you are. Uh, I mean that that is it's very admirable, man. Um, now you're you lost your last fight to Eddie Alvarez. It was your first MMA loss. You had no amateur career. You go right into the pros. You win your first thirteen fights. Uh, at the end, you know, personally, I watched that fight. I didn't think you lost. Uh, if Eddie was on, I'd, I'd probably lie to him. But uh, I, um, yeah. I did not think you lost that fight. I thought you won that fight. Um, did you think you won that fight? And how did you cope with the loss? Yeah, I, uh, 
I just watched it last uh, yesterday, actually, with my with my coach Eric Del Piero, and I don't see how it's possible that I lost. Um, in my head, my scorecard, um, and I think a lot of people's scorecards in his in his coach's scorecard. You know, you see going into the fifth round, he said he his head coach tells Eddie, if you if you want to win, you have to get him out of there. Basically, you have to finish me if you want to win this fight because they knew or thought they knew that they were behind on the scorecards. But it's one of those things where this is mixed martial arts. It's all up to um, it's all up to the judge's discretion. You know, if you got a judge who sees it one way, and then you got two judges who see it the other way, you lose the fight, and that's exactly what happened. And you know, I, I've, I've made a promise to myself that I need to train harder, I need to train smarter, I need to focus more on techniques that are going to finish fights for me. You know, I, I have a track record of finishing most of my fights, um, but I need to fight. I need to finish fights every single time I'm in the I'm in the cage because what happened last time was it was unfortunate. You know, but it's also a stepping stone. It's also a, a learning experience. I can look back and think of, uh, look look back and see a lot of the things that I should have. I, I wish I could change, um, and I will change for the future. Uh, my future fights, my future, my next fight with Eddie, and you know, you keep on keeping on, you keep on moving forward, and, and you know, it's, it's not that big of a deal. We all have wins and losses. The greatest fighters in the world have a couple losses on their record, and you just cope with it. You move forward. You you, you surround yourself with the right kind of people that are going to build you up and, and bring you back. Um, for your comeback, and, and that's what I've done. And May 17th, I get the opportunity to go out there again and, and prove that I'm one of the best lightweights in the world. To be honest, I thought, yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. I, nothing you said this falls right there. But I think that you look better in your second fight against him because that first fight, I thought you were done in that third round. I thought you were, I mean, how hurt were you? Um, I wasn't hurt as far as like uh, equilibrium. I, had, I wasn't rocked or anything. I, I actually, if, if you go back and watch it, I throw a kick. I threw a kick like two minutes into that round or whatever, and I started hobbling on that on my foot because I I hurt my foot really really bad. Somehow I, I like turned it over and kicked his hip, and then when I went to put pressure on it, I kind of stumbled a little bit. I caught a head kick, and then from then on, Eddie just smelled blood and was trying to finish me the rest of the round. And, and my goal was just to finish that round, you know. So um, luckily, I got out of it and was able to finish him in the fourth. But it was it was it wasn't a situation where I was hurt or I was staggering or I was um, you know, dizzy or any of that kind of stuff. I was just literally just getting outclassed. You know, there's no other way to put it. Eddie, Eddie was putting a lot of punches on my face, and I was just slinging. I was just slinging leather. I, I, I think I have a tendency. You know, you saw it in my last fight. I have a tendency to not really care about getting hit. Um, I don't think that's the smartest thing to do for any of you younger, young, up and coming MMA fighters. Protect your face. Protect your, uh, protect your brain. Protect your livelihood. But. Um, you know, when I get into that competitor mode, when I get, when I get into that, that mode where, um, I just want to take someone's head off, I don't really care about defense as much. And you saw that in my last fight, you saw it in the first fight. Um, but you know, I just want to be a little more calculated, a little bit more, um, slick with my defense and, and just more cautious a little bit, but, but still have that aggressive attitude and, and come out swinging. Yeah. I can't wait for that fight. I mean, the, the first two were classic. I honestly, and, uh, I mean, you're, you're an amazing fighter and you just keep, you keep getting better. Um, What's it like training with, uh, like, Phil? Now, do you train with Phil Davis and Cruz? Who are some of the guys that you train with over at Alliance? Yeah, I mean, we have, we have, that's one of the great things about Alliance is, is everyone's, everyone's cool and everyone's hungry. You know, there's, there are the bigger guys that I don't obviously roll with or spar with as much, but, you know, like your, your Brandon Vera, Phil Davis, um, you know, some of those bigger guys. And, and, uh, and I mean, around my weight, man, it, it's, it's, uh, it's a, it's a gauntlet. You know, I got, we got Ross Pearson out here. 
um, we're doing his camps, Jeremy Stevens, Miles Jury, um, Dominic, uh, Rolando Perez. Man, I, I, I got a ton of guys um, who want to take my head off. You know, the other day it was went, you know, three rounds with Justin Lawrence and then three, another three rounds with another guy. So wow. um, just crazy strikers, crazy, crazy wrestlers. Everybody's just everybody's hungry and everybody wants to take your head off, but they also want to help you after practice, you know? So it's, it's a cool team atmosphere we have going on and, and everyone's cool and everyone's down to, everyone's down to slug it out and everyone's, but everyone's down to take care of their bodies. Everyone's down. Everybody wants to be a world champ. And, and there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of gyms like that. I think there's a lot of guys just going through the motions, but we have, we have a group of guys that everybody believes that they should be one of the best in the world. And, and, that's uh that's a tough day at the office whenever you go in on sparring, you know. So uh you just gotta deal with it. Um pray pray that you stay healthy and, and uh keep moving forward. Now um let's say you go out and and you beat Eddie Alvarez uh this round, let's say you, you go out and beat him handedly. Are you gonna think about going into the UFC? Uh, you know, I, I, I just signed a deal with Bellator, a little longer deal. Um I don't know, almost a year ago, I guess now. So, so I still have some time with my contract. So I'm not really worried about um, what's after that. I know, I, I know, I have the Eddie fight. And I know I have um, two guys waiting in the wings. You know, Dave Jansen and, and Will Brooks. So I'm excited to go out there, beat Eddie. Um, Can you, you know, give give Dave Jansen his shot and then give Will Brooks his shot. But just continue to get better and, and not really worry about the future. Worry about the present and taking care of my body, making the right decisions. And, and luckily. As I've always said, I have great management and I have a great team around me, and uh, you know we'll, we'll make the best decisions um, w- when they come. But right now, I'm, I'm happy where I'm at. I'm happy with what I'm doing. I'm happy. Uh, I'm happy to be, um, you know, fighting May 17th, and then hopefully at least one more fight this year, maybe two. Can you fight all those guys at once so you can get to the UFC afterwards? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know if that's. I don't know if that's possible. Really. I, don't, I don't think we can get that sanctioned in any state here. Uh, all right, I'm just saying, you know, maybe like a, in like one week, you know. But uh, Eddie Alvarez is, is gonna is is a monster. He's come on the show too, and uh, I mean that guy, another legendary fighter. I can't wait to watch this fight. Uh, the um, the King Mo fight versus Rampage. I'm actually curious to watch too. And uh, that that whole that you know the pay per view, the Bellator. Bellator. I enjoy watching all that. I I, 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 watch, I enjoy watching fighting. So whether it's Bellator or uh, World Series of Fighting or um, What's that one with the girls? Uh, ultimate, ultimate surrender, you know. So now, now, by the way, a couple more questions. How, ben Askren said he doesn't use deodorant, and Jay Haran said he was the smelliest human being on the planet. Can you confirm this? No, I, I don't think Ben. Ben is, Ben's never really smelled when, I, when I've been around him or wrestled or anything. Ben, Ben is a little bit of a, a naturalist, a, a, a hippie of sorts. Um, but he uh, he doesn't. I don't. Yeah, I don't think he uses deodorant. Um, but he's not. He's not an unhygienic person. And he always showered after practice. He always. He always smells normal to me. He never. He never smells bad because I've I've rolled and, and wrestled and, and worked out with some very smelly dudes. And I, I don't think he's that smelly. Does he have that? Does he have that afro down there? Like when you guys oh are in the shower? Do you, ever, do you ever glance over and? <laughs> I uh, I don't I don't know I don't know I haven't I haven't uh, showered in the same showers as Ben in, in a couple years but uh, I'll have to get back to you on that one. Okay, cool. Uh, his the, balls are sticking out like his ears. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> yeah. God. Maybe that's why Dana said he's not he's not his kind of guy. Maybe maybe he. Uh, so uh, now, what what do you think of? Uh, by the way, uh, what's his name got cut on Monday? Shields. Jake Shields. What do you think about Jake Shields getting cut? 
Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things, you know. It's it's uh, it's all part of the business, you know. It doesn't. It, it, it obviously doesn't matter that he was on a four fight win streak before this last fight. It doesn't matter that he's been a, a household name. It doesn't matter. Um, all this kind of stuff. It, you know, it's it's a crazy it's a crazy tough game, and it's and at the end of the day, it's a business for the people that we're fighting for. So, um, you know, that's why we've always got to continue to to get better, continue to. Just to not reach the plateau and and, and be uh, be uh, I guess complacent, you know, and and not not that I thought Jake Shields was that. I, I think Jake's a great fighter and, and a very talented fighter and, and a guy who there's not an MMA fan out there who doesn't know who Jake Shields is. You know, he's a he's, he's a household name. So I, it, it did surprise me, um, but at the end of the day, it's it's part of the business, and you just gotta. You just got to hope for the best at every single fight, you know? No, I, I like Jake Shields. I, I, I said that Jake Shields is like uh, having sex on whiskey. You know, like you're not going to finish, but it's still fun. <laughs> so, yeah. Now, uh, now, now, Phil Davis has recently called out John Jones. Do you think that Phil can beat John Jones? I think so. I think, uh, I think John Jones is, there. there's no doubt about it that John Jones is a freak of nature. He is... He is something something to be a- admired. Like when you, when you watch the dude fight, and you really, and you think about how long he's been fighting, just the tools that he has, and the tools that he's confident with, and the the, the risks that he takes in his fights, it's uh, it's crazy. It's crazy to watch. Um, having said that, there's not a more technically sound, explosive uh, guy in, in that in that division. Than, uh, than I think Phil Davis is, you know, and, and you saw his improved striking against Vinny Magalhaes. You saw, um, he, you, you've seen his game ever improve. You know, he, he beat Machida. Machida is now getting the title shot and, and middleweight. You know, so it's it's one of those deals where Phil's uh, Phil's a good friend of mine, and I and I get the, the privilege to see him train every single day. So I, I know the time he's putting in, and uh, I don't know the time John Jones is putting in, but I, I know I know Phil is a very, very worthy opponent for that fight. And in my opinion, I think he definitely win that fight. Somebody said, told me that John Jones is partying like a maniac. I, 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 that's what I heard. I, I cannot confirm this, but that's, <laughs> the, the word on the street is that John Jones likes to party. Uh, but uh, Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't know about that. I've never, uh, I've never really been around him in a social situation. But uh, that's, a, that's a crying shame if it is, man, because as, as fighters, we're only given a short window of opportunity, and, and what you do with that window, that short window of opportunity, is is going to determine how long you can fight and how much how much money you're going to make for your family. And and uh, you know that's always my goal. Whenever I become, you know, whatever whatever everybody thinks is you know the best in the world and all that kind of stuff, and I'm given all kinds of situations to be put in, you know. I just pray I make the right decision. You, you should know? run for mayor, man. Honestly, you're a very. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking about it. I, I, I would vote for you. I would 100% vote for you. I'm, now, I'm going to run for mayor of High Ridge, Missouri. I, are you, really? Are you thinking about it? No, maybe. Oh. I don't think we have. I don't know if we have a mayor. <laughs> you absolutely should. Now, how do you think? Really that, now, how do you think you would do? How do you think you would do against uh, uh, against Pettis, Melendez, Ben Henderson? How do you think you match up against those guys? I think I match up well against any lightweights in the world. I think, uh, you know, I. I uh, I was disappointed with my last performance. My last performance did not show how skilled of a fighter I am. It showed how tough of a fighter I am. It doesn't didn't show how skilled of a fighter I am. Uh, I think given given the given an eight week training camp um, at Alliance and going up against any of the, lot, the top lightweights in the world, I think I come out on top every single time. And, and and that's just 
that's just the confidence I have in myself, the confidence that I have in, in my purpose in the sport. I wasn't put in the sport to be mediocre, to be good. I, I was in the sport to be, I was put in the sport to be great. All right, so, um, so you got to give, so, so give us a headline. So say, I could beat Anthony Pettis 10 out of 10 times. <laughs> what, so you got, what, so you guys can put that on, on Twitter? Yes, uh, exactly. <laughs> you want to go to the UFC? I don't know, that sounds, that sounds a little, uh, that sounds a little, uh, a little cocky, a little, a little prideful. But let's, let's just say, uh, let's just say I, uh, I'm confident I would beat any lightweight in the world. All right, that's that's f- fair enough. And then finally, last Does question. Will that work for you? Is that is that controversial enough for you? Not really. Not really no, no, not at all. I mean, people <laughs> people are gonna say, "Oh, of course you should think that he's a fighter." You know, that's what you're, that's what you're gonna get. Um, now, yeah. a, co- a couple questions. Uh, so, ask Chandler. Uh, okay, ask Mike Chandler to do what he can to get into the UFC and bring Eddie with him. That that was uh, one of the uh, questions from from Endo Welder. All right, and then finally, so what's up with what's up with you and uh, uh, War Machine? You guys have some kind of Twitter beef or something? Uh, yeah, yeah, we had some Twitter beef. Uh, basically, he said something about Ben. I stuck up for him. I stuck up for Ben, and, and War Machine got mad. And, and uh, you know, rightfully so. I mean, it's it's uh, he's a fighter. I'm a fighter. I mean, the last thing you, the last thing that we need to be doing is, is talking trash on Twitter. So I saw him out at a social event, and he kind of called me out on it. And there wasn't any there wasn't any situation where we were going to fight or anything. We just had a, a conversation about it. And, you know, now and, and we squash it, and, and it's no big deal. But I mean, yeah, it's. it's uh, I think I think the big thing was some other dude started chirping in on it, and uh, kind of made us both. I, I wasn't I wasn't affected really by it. I, I kind of stopped tweeting after this, after the first time he he responded to me because that's that's not what I do. I don't try to get in arguments on Twitter and whatnot. And, and uh, I understand he was heated about it, but some other guy jumped in and and claimed that he trained with us and all this kind of stuff, and or, or trained with me and and that. He should come down to Alliance and get his beat up and all kinds of weird stuff. And it just got completely out of hand, really. And, and uh, him and I talked about it in person, and uh, it's all good. Nice. Oh, well, yeah, he seems like a good dude. I, think, I mean, he, he definitely got some is- issues, but seems like a nice guy. Yeah, I think he, I think he is. I mean, and at the end of the day, it's it's a man. It's a man uh, kind of standing up for himself, and a man not uh, not letting another another guy talk bad about him I guess and I wasn't really talking bad about him I was just uh, sticking up for a friend really and he reacted the way a lot of guys would react so I don't fault him for it and uh, I don't think he's a bad dude I think uh, you know, I wish him well yeah, I think what happened was I think he told me when he came on the show that when ask when he went to jail, Askren said something like "good" or something to that, like, and then he said he wanted to fight Askren, and if 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 they fought, he would bite him. If he was losing, he would bite him, kick him in the balls, and poke his eyes out, and, and then it just became a whole thing. But uh, it was oh, I didn't see that. That's, that's kind of funny. I didn't see that. <laughs> I was like, yeah, well, that's not really. Why would he want to fight you if you're gonna? bite him and poke his eyes out and it was this whole thing but, uh, yeah i don't i don't think that's legal <laughs> absolutely not well mike chandler uh, man you are a very respectable uh nothing but admiration for you man and uh and keep up the good work bro keep up the good work thank you thank you very much i appreciate you guys having me on and uh i will uh talk to you guys after the fight anytime anytime Later, man. man take care all right see ya take care all right so that was mike chandler like, he should be the mayor, that guy. He's a... Uh, he has, he has, uh, Burger Meister Meister Burger. Yeah. Uh, mayor Mike Chandler. Tough dude, man. Holy shit, is that guy tough. 
Yep. His fight story is amazing, too. Always exciting to watch. Always finishing people. It's very. I think he's a very underrated guy. I think that people... I, I think I he would... I think he needs to come to the UFC is what he needs to do so he can get the recognition he deserves. I think he would do well against those guys. I don't know if he would beat Anthony Pettis or Ben Henderson. I'd have to see the fight, obviously. It'd be an interesting fight, though. But I, I think he would do well against any one of those guys. I... I and I think so would Eddie Alvarez. Yeah. I mean, those two, both of them. It's just kind of a shame. It's it's kind of good that there's competition because you don't want uh, a monopoly on any kind of thing. At the same time, it does, like, the best play- basketball players are all in the NBA, you know? And uh, it does sometimes, hopefully, like, if Bellator gets too big or World Series of Fighting gets big, then you, people are going to say, oh, well, what if this guy, he hasn't fought him or he hasn't fought him, and that sort Is of... Is that hard for you when you watch, like, the Canadian Basketball League or European Basketball League? You're like, dang, all the best players in the NBA? <laughs> no, I'm saying... No, no, I'm not. That's what it sounded like, right? No, like, no, 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 I'm not saying that at all. I, I don't know what exactly yeah, Olympicos doesn't have a great team. I'm saying it's good, I'm, I'm saying it's good for competition, but it, you yeah. don't want it to become like boxing, yeah, where yeah. you have Mayweather and Pacquiao in the same weight class or in similar weight classes where uh, close weight classes where you don't have the best guys fighting each other. Well, that's what sucks about just combat sports and, to begin with, right, is that you got guys that have two different promoters. They'll never fight. Yeah, and that's that sucks. It does suck. It sucks because it's like I would love to see Michael Chandler against Ben Henderson or Chandler versus uh, Eddie Alvarez. Or, I mean, oh, we're going to see Eddie Alvarez. Chandler versus Gilbert Melendez. Or, you know, it just seems like that would be a, the logical step. All right, so we got a uh, good guest today. I, I'm, I'm, I like I'm, all those dudes. Yeah, I mean, I can't wait till one day we're like, well, that guy's a dick, you know? I don't know if that's going to happen, but... I mean, unless we just interviewed DJ, that's not going to happen. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I was trying to phrase that same comment. <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 not, not that guy likes dick. That guy, okay, no, but I'm saying, no, I'm kidding. Hey, that egg out there, that Twitter egg still loves me. Yeah, the Twitter, the Twitter the egg. Twitter egg, he still loves me. That's hilarious. I, I guarantee it's, it's actually DJ is the Twitter yeah. egg. So, um, anyway, so, yeah, we got a, now, Michael Bisbing and Tim Kennedy are still going at it. I guess Bisbing said the word queer, and then Tim Kennedy pointed it out. That was homophobic. I think he's really trying to get under his skin. Tim Kennedy, and he's really good at it, actually. Yeah. I think he's gotten under Bisbing's skin, and uh, which is not hard to do for anybody. Bisbing is, looks like he's easily easily rattled. Easily rattled. Uh, I I want Kennedy to win. I like Kennedy. He seems like a really good guy. He's a big fan. Uh, Bisbing said I wasn't funny, <laughs> but I think he, you know, but he does retweet me sometimes. So I'm not sure, but uh, I who uh, it's gonna be a tough fight. It's gonna be. I think it's gonna be Kennedy's toughest fight. Although fighting Jacare is no. No slouch either. And either, you know, same with Luke Rockhold. Those are right. two tough guys. You know, Kennedy has fought some top, top guys. Even fighting Gracie, when he fought uh, Rolls Gracie. That's a very, very high-level black belt. Right. Bing, however, has, you know, probably, I would say, fought the tougher competition. If you, you know, you look at the guys that he's fought, which are, you know, this Brian Stan, the, the, the Chael Sonnens, the... The, you know, Dan Henderson's, those are all, you know, those, those guys are all monsters too. Oh, yeah. The Rashad Evans, but that was before Rashad was Rashad. Was Sugar Rashad? He's still good. Hmm. Who do you think wins this fight? DJ, you go first. I like Tim Kennedy. I mean, he's got a gas tank. Yeah. He's, he's, he's going all around. So, yeah, I think Kennedy's going to take this one. I have, to, I have to agree. Tim Kennedy. And he's a 
uh, army guy. He's a hero. <laughs> he's, he's a, a hero. hero. He is a hero. And he's a badass dude. And, and he's funny as hell. He is he funny is as hell. But Bisping's pretty funny too. He Bisping's uh, Bisping is funny. They're both they both seem like good guys. Everyone that knows both of them say mm-hmm. nothing but give nothing but yeah, high I've praise. Yeah, I've talked to both of them on numerous occasions. They're both really cool guys. And um, you know, I think that Bisping wears a black hat pretty well. But I think Tim Kennedy takes this one. He's coming off that eye injury too, though. Too Bisping. Yeah. Yeah, although he did look good against Belcher. I thought he, I mean, he, he beat Alan Belcher, another guy who's, who's a badass. But Tim Kennedy was not looking that good in his last fight until he got the knockout, but I heard he, he hurt himself. He pulled something or, you know. So, yeah, I think Kennedy, Kennedy trains with John Jones and all those, those beasts over at Greg Jackson's. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling for Tim Kennedy. I, uh, I think... Uh, He's a, he's a badass with the sniper with the sniper stuff too. I was watching one yeah. of those shows where they take the military dudes and show their strategies and stuff like that. And Tim Kennedy was actually on there. The ultimate soldier yeah. challenge. Yeah, and he yeah. and there was like a, they had a fence and he was up on a ridge with the mm-hmm. rifle. Did you see that one? Yeah. And they said you know part of it is a mental mental game. So if I was going to shoot the captain that's down there, I'm not going to just shoot him through his head so the bullet goes clean through. I'm going to try to ricochet the bullet off the fence that he's standing near. So the bullet will tumble when it hits him and then it make his head explode, basically. And that's exactly what he did. He skipped yeah. the bullet off the, one of the links of the fence. Amazing. And then the bullet tumbled and hit the dude in the face and his head exploded. How does he have so much energy? I can't even, like... <laughs> I mean, like, I, there's, like, three things I do all day. I'm like, all right, I'll wake up, I'll write some jokes, I'll, I'll, I'll do some dude, editing. You are always working, dude. I'm working, but I'm, but I'm not skimming bullets off people and then becoming yeah, but, uh, <laughs> and fighting in, the, in an octagon and go, flying to whatever. Tim Kennedy and flying out of airplanes, I mean... The guy, the guy has a lot of energy, Tim Kennedy. Yeah. Nothing but respect for that guy. Yeah, he's a beast. Sure. So, uh, yeah, I think that's our show. Um, thank you guys for tuning in. Anything that you want to plug, T-Rex? I'll, I'll be at the Ha Ha Cafe in, uh, in uh, North Hollywood Friday and Saturday nights. Um, first show. Um, Todd Rex, T-O-D-D-R-E-X-X, at um, Twitter or whatever. You know, all the... Social media stuff, Todd Rex. DJ, want to plug anything? <laughs> yeah, um, check out uh, UFC on Fox, you know, foxsports.com slash UFC, and check that out, and you can follow me on DJ, uh, at DJ Shrope. Have you gotten over 1,000 followers yet or no? I'm like four away. All right. I need, I need four more people. Uh, no four, problem. Four more, four more, four more. I will get you over that. Right. Uh, right. You could, um, Adam Comedian, or at MMA Roasted, you can see, at, if you go to adamhunter.com, you have my whole schedule. I will be in El Paso tomorrow through Sunday Yeehaw. at the comic strip in El Paso. Nice. And then next week I'll be in San Diego at the Comedy Madhouse in cool. San nice. Diego. So, uh, yes, that's where I'll be. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. Take care. Have a good Thank week. you, fan. Thank you, Fox Sports. <laughs> <laughs>